Hi, hello, how are you? Thanks for stopping by. Today we're going to talk to some real people about some real things, living real lives, doing real stuff. This is the Working Perspectives Podcast. I'm Matt Lavelle, accompanied by party boy Pete McCormick, and our guest today is Master Sergeant Nicholas Galante. Party boy Pete, are you ready, my man? I was born ready, Matt. Let's get to this. Oh, man, I can't wait. This is going to be a good one. You can find all our episodes for the Working Perspectives Podcast on all podcast platforms and YouTube at Working Perspectives Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at Working Perspectives Podcast and hang out with us on the Twitter and the Tiki Talk at Working P Pod. If you'd like to be a guest in the show, feel free to email us at workperspectives at gmail.com. All right, let's get this thing started. Let's go. It's our objective. To be effective by voice in societies, working perspective, exploring your day and how you get paid, launching a new episode every Tuesday. Your day can transform while we inform with new episodes available on every platform. So check out our vibe. All right, so party boy, I just want to get one thing out of the way, and we're getting this thing started, because this son of a bitch needs our attention, all right? This is a goddamn American hero that we have on the show today. So right right away, I just want to say uh, Tom Lavelle is a pirating jerk, and on October 2nd, I'm going to rightfully win back what's mine, because this is my show, all right? This is me and the party boy show. This is our ship, and no pirate. You're going to wipe the floor with them. Yeah, I'm going to wipe the floor in them, and I'm going to throw them in the trash, and I'm going to throw the trash away. All right? That's right. Because this is our ship, party boy, and no pirate is sneaking onto our ship. I'm not, not having today, it. not any day. Yeah, yeah. And he thinks he can play Mario Kart. The only thing he can play is Jerk Kart. He's a That's right. Jerk. <laughs> <laughs> I told him. I told him. Uh, also, I don't know if people can see this. Soon we're going to have this sweet, sweet merch available for people to buy. Oh, yeah. Working perspective merch, baby. Oh, yeah, baby. I mean, you're going to have to model it, Pete, because let's be honest. You're the best looking guy in town. Well, I was until this guy showed up. Fucking right. You're fucking right. Nicholas Galante is the best looking guy in town. Good thing we don't live in his town. All right. (laughs) So I'm really happy when uh, when Nick contacted or I contacted Nick and he said that he was a fan of the show and he was listening and he liked what we were doing here and he liked what we're about. Because honestly, he's a stand up guy. And, you know, for him to give us the approval, it meant the world because that means like, you know, good people like our good show. And we're proud of that. Right. And we're here for the working man, you know. Also, I mean, to be fair, we've said this a few times where, you know, we circled that on the calendar, like ready to like wanting to, you know, wanting to do this kind of thing. When I told you, Pete, that we had Nick or we had booked Nick for the show, how excited were you? I was very excited. I hadn't seen Nick uh, probably sit, uh, I don't know. Like, well, We went to a barbecue with him like maybe like two years after high school when he was like, uh, you know, but that was a year, like I guess over 10 years ago at this point. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, well, I saw him. He had come back in between tours one time and we had hung out. But, 
kind of just sparsely, you know, in the last few years and stuff. And he's living in California. So, you know, it was tough to see him. He's not living there anymore. Uh, he's in an undisclosed location because he's that uh, badass. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Undisclosed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We can't have, we can't have America's enemies. No. Where are you spending your summer this year? Uh, undisclosed. <laughs> we can't have America's enemies knowing where our numero uno hitman is. You know what I'm saying? So, but either way, really happy to find out he was a fan of the show. Couldn't, couldn't believe that we booked him. So happy that we booked him. And I'm so happy he's on. And he's doing great. And he's got a family. And he's got a kid. And he's you know training the future saviors of our country and i just wanted to ask nick before we get started have you seen the movie bohemian rhapsody and if yes what do you think of that piece of shit movie that was a great intro matt that's actually i, th I thought we were friends but you kind of just that's an insulting question of course <laughs> of course i fucking hate that dog shit <laughs> movie so son of a bitch i actually i actually think i hated that movie before your show so i was i was i was flying somewhere you know like i don't know i travel a lot for my job i'm flying somewhere and you know like i think it was like maybe delta or something offers free movies yeah Sitting there and playing can't sleep and you know i look across the aisle and see some douche just like head bopping and i like you know i see freddie mercury on the screen so i'm like all right cool you know let me let me give this fucking movie a shot 10 minutes in turning it off i'm shooting daggers at that guy like if this fucking plane goes down and we're in a survival situation, that's the fucking first guy I'm eating. <laughs> you know, choking him out with my shoelace, and then he'll be my meal for the next fucking, like, four or five days. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, terrible and you really, didn't like the you really didn't like the movie. No, yeah. I didn't like the movie. Yeah, I didn't like it, the movie. I don't know. It didn't do justice. You know, I'm, not, I'm a Queen fan, but... My God, Pete, what did I tell you? Nick thought that movie was so bad that he'd be willing to eat a guy who looked like he was enjoying the movie. That's how bad that piece of shit movie is. All right. I, I think there may have been a little hyperbole in there. Personally. <laughs> Look, it's don't be tab. using those big words. All right, you <laughs> bastard. Yeah. So, Nick, what's up, brother? How are you, man? Good, man. I'm good. I'm good. Dude. Long, that long past couple of weeks, but looking forward uh, to the holiday here. Yeah, nice. Do they do like uh, in the military? Do they do like a big thing for the Fourth of July? Because I, I'm not gonna lie, Fourth of July is up there with like the fucking best holidays of the year. You know what I mean? Like oh, yeah. every year yeah, is yeah. the best. Do they yeah, do like a big? Where, go, go. It depends go. where you're at. Yeah, it depends where you're at. Most honestly, most of the time they just let us get off to spend time with our families though. But some some places do like parades or shows or whatever. But yeah. for, for me right now, they give me a couple of days off. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever been yeah. to a USO show? No, I've, well, I've. I've been I've been to one on like in the United States. They came out to uh, when I was out in California. They actually it was a band called uh, you know Journey. Like uh, is it Journey? Yeah. yeah, Journey came out in yeah. uh, in Twenty on Palms. That was like back in like 2005 and gave like a USO USO concert on bass, which was kind of cool. Right. Whoa, Damn. Journey! Don't stop believing, Journey. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Uh, nice. <laughs> I guess it was like the. Well, I guess I think the lead singer is dead, so it must be like you know with the new guy. Yeah, or it's, uh, cover band or yeah, the cover band. No, or whatever it, the hell it's it was the original band. They just got a new like lead singer, so it's like yeah, Journey yeah. with whatever the guy's name is. I can't. He's like Adam name. Lambert yeah. or something. But somebody, uh, I think nice. it was Journey, and then uh, what is it, the guy that sing Jukebox Hero? I think I told it before. Uh, oh, Farner. Farner was there. Too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, That's the only nice. song I know of them. Yeah. Yeah. When, I, when I was, uh, when we were seniors for graduation, for a graduation gift, uh, the person I was seeing at the time got me, me and, and them tickets to see Journey Sticks and Ario Speedwagon. Uh, yeah. Not a bad concert. I'll tell you what. Journey was good. Ario Speedwagon, eh. 
but sticks blew the fucking roof off the place. Sticks was you know, so good. Yeah. One of my first concerts, actually, I believe, was with Nick. Right, Nick? Didn't we go to uh, the Tweeter Center for uh, one of those concerts? And you brought a, a bottle of uh, Crown Royal. <laughs> yeah. You stuck from your dad's closet. Yeah, I think it was like a Y100 festival or whatever, and it was you, me, and Steve Azar. And you're like, oh, I got, I can get something from my, uh, from my dad. And then he came over with like the the Crown Royal in the pouch. I'm like, oh, look at us all fancy fucking getting <laughs> Crown Royal in the parking lot yeah. in Solo Cup. <laughs> Dude, I remember for Bach's birthday one time, right? I, uh, my mom, like we had a bar in the basement at my mom's house and which you guys, we all know. Uh, but, uh, my, we had a bar in the basement and my mom had a brand new unopened bottle of Tangeray, right? And I had no idea what Tangeray was, but I got Bach. Uh, I, I just took it. I was like, Hey Bach here, happy birthday. Right. And that <laughs> night, right. We were and like, we didn't know how to drink it. We were doing shots of Tangeray, bro. <laughs> like, tang, like gin shots of gin. Forget about it. No, well, you know good. What, like in high school, I didn't like any. Like, you wanted like everything mixed with something sweet. You wanted like like a, that's why Jungle Juice was the shit. You're like, all right, vodka and like fruit punch. Here you go. Yeah, yeah. Like actual whiskey would like, oh, turn your hair on your chest. But like now, I mean, I drink bourbon all the time, just straight. But like back in the day, no way. <laughs> yeah. I'm with I think you. Pete, I don't know if you remember senior week, man. I think it was the first time in my life and probably one of the last times we were, I was drinking Jose Cuervo. I think we were taking shots of Jose Cuervo and we didn't have any salt. So we were like licking uh, Lipton iced tea. You know, we were doing like a shot, <laughs> licking iced, iced, iced tea mix, then doing a shot of like a lemon. It was fucking disgusting. Oh, wait, wait, wait. So yeah. the powder, like the iced tea powder? Yeah, yeah, mix? Like the powder. Yeah, it was like shot of Jose Cuervo, lick some Lipton iced tea powder, then like sucking a lime. I think I, I got sick as fuck. Oh, dude! dude that that yeah. senior week was like the, the craziest week. All I remember is like where we were, where we had the the hotel room. Everyone had been sent down, you know. Like I think everyone had like their graduation parties, so people were, like their mom sent them down. Like, oh, here's the leftover ziti or whatever. So someone had left a giant thing of like meatballs out in front of the porch for like four days, and this drunk kid comes by and he like sees the meatballs. He's like, can I eat these? And we're like, yeah, sure, whatever. So he's eating these moldy meatballs. Next thing you know, he turns around and just starts puking off the balcony into a Jeep that had its top taken off. And then he just left. And then the next day, like, the people that are on the Jeep are knocking on our door. Like, did you fucking puke in our Jeep? We're like, no. Nah. Like, but the meatballs are right here. Like, yeah, I don't know. Some random kid came by and ate the meatballs. Like, you shouldn't have left your Jeep open on, uh, on senior week. Oh, my God. Didn't you get stuck in, a, in the water somewhere, Pete? Like, what happened there? Or do you want to Yeah, I jumped into no? the bay and sprained my ankle. <laughs> I, I, think was was Jose, I think that was a Jose Cuervo night from what I'm here. I think it was, yeah. I think it was. Yeah, so yeah. we were doing the shots, and I just ran and jumped into the bay, and then I had to have yeah. like nine people help me uh, get out. Uh, yeah. I remember you had the boot on your foot after that, right? I didn't have the boot now, but uh, I was uh, I was laid up for a second. <laughs> yeah. Hey, when you're young and dumb and and doing dumb shit, that's what you do. My God, man, Jesus, God, it seems like so long ago. But what are you gonna do? So. <laughs> All right, nice. So, Nick, how are you, my man? Everything's going good. good? Man. Everything's so, good, man. Yep. You got you have a wife now, a nice, uh, nice young wife, and you got a kid. How did you? Are, do you want to? Can we talk about it? How did you meet your wife? Because isn't that an interesting story? Um, I mean, not really. I mean, I was stationed in San Diego, and then she was working out there, and kind of just met up through like mutual friends. That's about it. You yeah, know I mean? San Diego. That's where hot people go to meet each other. Yeah, <laughs> I, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, they don't go. Yeah, they don't go to Lansdale. Tell you that Lansdale, PA, <laughs> Land of the Free, Home of the Brave. But uh, nice. So okay, so you guys were just you were stationed out there. She was working out there, and you just like yep. kind of ran into her, and you mm-hmm. know, obviously she does what every girl does when they see you, and she completely melted. Mm-hmm. And then you know, it was all. Isn't she? Uh, she's Australian, right? Yeah, she was. Um, well, her I think her father was in the army at one point, so she was like born in Germany. Live in Australia half her life, then live the rest of the time in uh, Montana. So, whoa! Did she watch the show Yellowstone? Yeah, it was funny because uh, we started watching it together, and then uh, I had left for somewhere, so and she cheated and watched the rest of the series without me. I was oh. kind of pissed about that. So like, I saw like three episodes, and she, I was like, "You cheat on me? You watch the whole fucking thing." Where did you? What, did she pull one of those things where she goes, "Yeah, well, I watched it because I didn't think you liked it." And you're like, "What? Why would like we watch yeah, yeah, it every yeah. fucking week, and yeah. I don't like it all of a sudden?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, yeah, I just started watching that show. It is so fucking dude. Rip, rip the he is the fucking best character. Oh yeah. Rip yeah. the he's like uh he so he's the he's the henchman. This is the, the, for, the, 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 who's it? Is Kevin Costner? Yeah, dude. Oh, don't yeah, get it twisted. Kevin fucking Costner is a fucking movie star. Like this guy yeah. pops off the screen. Like there's legit like everything he does, he's just the fuck he is the fucking best, right? So, but he's on there and he owns like this ranch, right? In Montana, uh, the Yellowstone Ranch. I mean, I'm not giving away too much, but he has a guy who's like his right-hand man and he's like his hitman, And that is, his name's Rip. He's actually the actor Cole Hauser. I don't know if you remember the movie Goodwill Hunting, but he oh, yeah. was the, he's the redheaded dude from Goodwill oh, Hunting. Yeah. I've been looking for that guy for a while. I'm happy to see that. Matt, he's in a wrestling movie. Is he really? Yeah, he's it's like just came out like some Disney one. Yeah, like, uh, no, not. Like, like it just came out like a year ago, but I'm like looking at that guy. I'm like, holy shit, that's the guy from Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. he's not doing as well as the other guys from Goodwill Hunting, but he's doing all right. Hey man, he's doing good now. <laughs> he's killing, dude. He kill- He's like, he's got to be everyone's favorite character on Yellowstone. He's got a tortured history, you know, tortured backstory. Does a lot of killing and badass stuff. Gotta love the guy. But all right, but so I want to tell listeners. Usually, this is where we would get into the segment memory lane, but we don't have time for that bullshit today. Because we have Master Sergeant, Marine Recon Master Sergeant, Nick Galante. So, uh, like I said, Nick was born and raised in Lansdale, PA. Land of the free, home of the brave. He did public school, K-12. through He did some Boy Scouts growing up. Played a little Little League baseball, some Canniers football. Did some football in high school and then ran a little track and did some rugby. Right. But I want to get into this a little bit. I'll say this. Nick was a star football player. Right. Stud. Stud. Nick, how did you like playing football? Because we've had a ton of football players on the show. Matt, I know you didn't want to do a memory lane, but I do have a nomination. It's uh, Matt Lavelle circa 2005. If you want to, you want me to hit you, this. Do you have that. the letter? Wait, this is the letter? Do you? Okay. Yes. okay. Matt, no, no. Yeah. We're fucking, we're Matt fucking, Lavelle, 2005. That's my memory lane. We're fucking, okay. So, so let me pre-finish. I usually save, I no. usually save everything people send me. You know, I, I keep the, you know, the people, uh, I don't know. You're I appreciate everything. Everybody. Yeah, exactly. Well, I save everything, you know, for someday when I hit the lotto, you know, I'll throw some cash at people <laughs> support me along the way. You know what I mean? But uh, I just want to preface this, you know, like there's like Edgar Allan Poe. Fucking, uh, I don't know who else is. James <laughs> Joyce. Yeah, James Joyce. Yeah. And then, like, Matt, Matt Lavelle. So it may sound like I can't read, but I think it's just the handwriting, the misspellings, and the grammatical <laughs> grammatical errors in this thing. But uh, 
There is some incriminating <laughs> stuff here, Matt. George R. R. Martin also does not, uh, you know, he he doesn't do his own thing with punctuation. So that's the level we're talking yeah, about, Matt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It's, it's just the savant, right? The savants, you know, don't don't <laughs> yeah. matter about like gramma grammatical errors. They just like put in info out there, right? Fuck, I dude, you know how long I looked to find your letter? I was digging through so much shit. I was so mad when I couldn't find it. My wife's like, I think it's at my my uh, my mother-in-law's salon where we keep our storage. I was like, fuck me. All right, but okay, so let's do this. So uh, I wrote this to you during your first tour or your second tour? I think first this tour. was my second tour. I think it was my second tour. I mean, you can tell me by the by the the writings in your life. I, I feel like it's my second tour, though. Okay, so. Uh, uh well you know what you might have i wonder if you yeah it probably was your if it's 2005 right then i'm, I'm guessing it's 2005 time frame by the way this is kind of worded you know a lot, all that all those all these <laughs> there time frames look, uh there's no drawings unfortunately yeah, no like no stick man or anything like that on this how many but, pages uh, is it it's it's actually a pretty you know hefty letter. I'm surprised, Matt. He actually, like I said, it's some Edgar Allan Poe stuff right here. Dude, well, I used to. So it, after we graduated high school, right? Like after we graduated, I didn't have a job, right? And like mm. I was I was drinking and partying a lot and like doing all these things. Like you know how my house was. It was like mm. like people would just show up there wanting to do their thing, you know. So, like, I was, like, you know, partying a lot and doing these things. And, like, at night when I was, like, by, like I was drinking, like, by myself and stuff, you know, like, partying by myself at times. And, like, I would, like, do I'm going to just, I would write, you know, start writing the letter. And eventually, like, over time, I finished the letter and I sent it. Because back then, and I don't know if it's still the same, but it fucking should be. But back then, as long as we had your mailing stuff, right, we could just send, like, we could take it to the post office and they're like, give me everything you have for the guys overseas. It's free, no matter what. Yep. Free shipping to the guys overseas, which is, is the way it should be. I don't know if it's yeah. still that way, but either way, I mean, you know, finished letter and took it over. Okay, so uh, so this would be between the years 2000, like 2004 to 2006 timeframe. You received this in your second tour uh in iraq and or you were in iraq or afghanistan at this time i was i was in iraq yep iraq and we were uh not even 21 so we we're probably like 19 20 years old all right go Somewhere ahead nick there. hit hit us all with right. the good stuff i'm gonna have to like struggle through this but like i said um, if you can't see the handwriting it's, it's third grade yeah. class dear <laughs> nick I feel like you had had a fist, Matt. You had a fist yeah. in your. Yeah, yeah, I was just like, dude, no. I'm just, I'm just excited that it's not in crown, man. I'm yeah, like, I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It exactly. Was. <clears throat> okay. All right, here we go. It's long, but uh, like I said, here we go. Dear Nick, yo, it's Lavelle. It's been way too long since you've been home. I miss you. I know everybody else does. What you are doing is very great thing. And whenever people tell me to vote for Kerry, that Democrat, I tell them to shove it. <laughs> or that I'm waiting for Nick to come home and tell. Tell me that those Iraqis are happy or not. I'll make my decision then from those who are enlightened by what happens before their eyes and not what they see on TV. See, it's kind of choppy, the writing here. Some things, some things been happening while you've been away. I couldn't go to college as planned because my old got cancer, so he needed me to go up and do his office work and make sure none of his workers fucked, fucked around for a little bit of the time. I felt almost as Italian as you, but then I remember if I'm not Irish, I'm nothing. So, <laughs> so side note, uh, found out uh, my mom did a 23andMe, had no idea 
I thought I was like Irish and German my whole life. My mom did a 23 and me found out that my grandmom had been telling a little fib about who my mom's dad was. And turns out I am part Italian now. So the things <laughs> you find out. Okay. So keep going. Sorry. All right. Me, me going pretty steady to last January when she needed time off for swimming for nationals. Cause she said it's too much to handle. Personally, I think she's porking someone else. But we've been fucking on and off. But she's become more useless than a porno I've seen a thousand times. <laughs> okay, keep going. All right. I was jobless oh, for a while after I quit work. And I was having, let me see, I was having, I think this is around, or hanging around my house playing cards to get money to buy cigarettes and beer. It wasn't good, so I decided to go to a bartending school. I came pretty natural to me, and I'm still working on my flair, bottle flipping, so I can hopefully be as good as Tom Cruise was in that movie Cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> but it took a while to find a job, but now I'm running food at this place called Vinny T's. It's on the oh. main line near Villanova. It's, it's already money, but I'm just buying my time till I get behind the, the bar and show these guys what I can do. So I don't know that probably gives a time time frame for this when, when this oh, is right. Oh yeah. So yeah, this is probably like 2005 then, 2005, 2006. Yeah. Yeah. For, for uh, Vinny T's kind of became the date spot for anybody that was friends with Matt. Like I was like, oh, I, I have a date. I'm taking her to Vinny T's. Like impress her a little bit. There you go. Yeah, it was the spot, man. It was the spot. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Let me see. When you come back, we have to go to show and tell. It's a strip club. It's a kind of dirty, but boobs are boobs. Is a sight to see for eyes. Late- <laughs> sight to see for eyes. As opposed to the other organs you see out yeah. of. <laughs> yeah. Lately, I've been smoking a lot of trees. I kind of want to stop, but there's nothing else to do besides drink. So, you know, it ain't so bad. The other week, or egg house with like a dozen eggs and we fucking loaded on our house. It was great <laughs> feeling because I hate the bitch. But the next day I called her like, at 9 a.m. and yelled at her, and I was like, "You fucking bitch! You egged my house." So this is on. So this is what happened. <laughs> you started so, up like, "Oh, we're kind of going steady," but she uh, was kind of a bitch. But either way, it's almost yeah. like a porno. So then yeah. me and my friends egged their house. Well, like, what? So and then blames what, blames her for it. Yeah. Well, so what had happened was is that. I, I, uh, so we had, dude, like we smoked her house. Like it was like probably like two dozen eggs. It was like me and like <laughs> crushed her house. Right. And, and, uh, I was like, look, she's going to know it's me, you know? And the next day I woke up like really early and I called her. I was like, you fucking bitch. You egg my fucking house. What the fuck is your problem? Fuck you. Don't ever fucking talk to me again. You're a stupid fucking whatever. You know what I mean? And she's like, no, no, no. What are you talking about? My house got egged. It's like, don't fucking lie to me. I know you egged my fucking house. So, yeah. But, you know, she still believes it to this day. So, there you go. <laughs> Today, me and my older brother, Tom, invented an all ultimate badminton. It was unreal. The net's like 10 feet off the ground, and you can hit it hit it off the – or you can hit the birdie more than once, and only out of bounds is over the fence. It's fun. We played it in the rain. The other night, me and my brothers and my little brother's friend, and we got stoned and started rapping about oh, fucking uh. Christ. Started rapping about his house. It was so funny. We all had made up rap names. Mine was hard-boiled, hard-boiled egg. Tom was scrambled. Alex was poached, and his friend was sunny side up. <laughs> 
<laughs> Yo. And so. our band name was called the Yokesters, and our song was called the Yokes on You, bitch. <laughs> Yokes on you, bitch. So we had it was the the way the line went. It was like the Yokes on you, bitch. Yoke. So that's how it went, and we all had a line. Let me see. Bach at an empty house. We went there and performed the song for Bach and his girl, and <laughs> we took and it on their own. Was hilarious. This was not just a uh, yeah. Ace by Let's let's yeah, yeah. show everyone what we made. Yeah, we took exactly. It <laughs> it's weird sometimes to think it was like only yesterday that me and Bach saw you in Staff Stars Murphy's office after you just signed up. But I guess the time does fly. Tom just turned twenty-one and he's got a house in Roxburger. He has the same, or he has some nice parties. I'm not as good at beer pong as I used to be, but I don't think it's me, though it's it's Bach. He's not as good as a partner as he used to be. <laughs> but I can't abandon him. I think he'll <laughs> the shock would kill him. <laughs> <clears throat> I have to take the train ride on the 115. I think it says I have to take the train ride. That's at 115 or an hour and 15 away. So I have yeah. to read a little bit on the train. So this actually proves that Matt Vallel is not lying about reading. I read the biography of uh, John McEnroe. Is that what it is? It was yeah. pretty good. Yeah. I think it was. And I read Harry Potter 3, Harry Potter 4, and Harry Potter 5. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just started I just started reading this book called Artemis Fowl, I think it is, right? Artemis Fowl. It's all right. Artemis Fowl, yep. It's all right. Anything to get me through the ride. I told my mom to pick me up some new books. I told her to get me this book called what was it? Makes Me Want to Holler. Yeah, Mr. Williams. Yeah, Mr. Williams read some of it in my geometry class in the tenth grade, but he never finished it. So I kind of want to read it. I also told her to get me some Anderson Andersonville. It's a book about prison camp. Yeah, in the Civil War. I heard it's crazy. I think the remains of the camp is still supposed to be the most haunted place in North America. It seems like something interesting. I don't know if Bach told you, but he's got a new girlfriend. Her name is. She's cute, but she's from Texas, and that's never a good thing. <laughs> Petey's got a new chick. He's chilling. He's chilling with. She's twenty-one. She has one leg and is hairy and hairy Canadian. Just, just kidding. I never seen her. She's supposed to have big boobs. That's always a plus, you know. So, <laughs> have you been to? Have you been to any brothels in Iraq? If if you bring back a wife and three kids, I'll kill you. My cousin's a marine. He just he's a ground pounder, just like you. He was already over there and came back, but he's going over again soon. I'm not sure when his. I'm not sure when. His name is Andrew. He was named after my dad. I haven't heard from Newman in a while. I hope he's all right. But if you never can tell, I'm sorry. I haven't got more to say, but I'll expect to be hearing from you. Uh, my dad always said when you're on duty, you miss your family and friends back home so bad you could cry. I mean, some people do that. And then hurry back so I can drink you on the table, you bastard. Sincerely, <laughs> sincerely, I think you botched sincerely. Sincerely, Kid Salami, a.k.a. Matt Lavelle. And, uh, so. <laughs> I appreciate the letter, Matt, over all these years. Oh my God! Would you? I mean, when you, did you read, read that, it to your, uh, did you read it to the rest of the the, the troops, like the people in your uh, platoon? Is that a thing? Like, do you guys read letters out? I mean, yeah, like crazy? we read each other. We read each other stuff. Like I said, it may have sound like I was reading choppy, but you got like some cursive, some. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a good letter, Matt. I appreciate it. Definitely, yeah. I remember this put a smile on my face while I was over here for sure. Hey, man, good. Glad to hear it. <laughs> Glad to hear it. Wow. A lot of things changed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My God. Oh, well, that's how life was back then. You know what I mean, there you yeah. know. That's awesome, yeah. man. Good. Dude, that's great that you kept it. But that is that like a thing where when you guys would get mail, like, would you read, like, 
like that letter, like, because like we were all really young at that time when that letter came out. Right. So like it is yeah. kind of like it is kind of funny. You know what I mean? And yeah, when yeah. you're over there. Right. Like you had other buddies that you're the same age with, like that you were in boot camp with and stuff. Mm-hmm. So like you're like, dude, my fucking friend was like, what a fucking stooge. Like, read this. This is hilarious. You I don't know? Think, like, there's not that much to do over there. right? Like, they're, like yeah. uh, I guess you get like maxims and things like sent over. But like you're always like looking for something to entertain. And uh, your buddy sends over a letter like that. That's got to keep the entire bunk uh, cracking up for a day. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we share Merrill stuff, especially when it's like I mean that's it's just a funny letter in general. Yeah. Like I know your personality, like I don't even know if you're I don't even know if you're trying to be funny or you're just telling me about your <laughs> your your drunken pot smoking life at the time. It just yeah. Yeah. I guess it's funny. It's, yeah. it's not as bad as Jarhead when he uh they he the guy accidentally gets the sex tape of his wife, or I guess on purpose gets the sex tape oh, yeah, of his yeah. wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Does that I mean man? I mean well plus two, when you receive that, it's like because what we're from I remember when we talked to Hill. He was over there in the early 2000s, but then went over there again in like the mid to like the 2012, 2013. And obviously the technology between then is night and day, right? So when you were first over there, the technology was dog shit, right? Like how, was it awful? Yeah, I mean, uh, honestly, when I when I first went over there, um, it was just like letter. And then, uh, you know, like every once in a while we can do like a, if we went back to base, we can do like a satellite phone call. I think I think my, my first deployment, I had, call my mom maybe like twice or two oh, or three times i like about yeah. like eight nine months but i mean you know that was that was what it was yeah i was like because like i nick from uh because like what was it when did the we or start was it 2000 was it 2003 or uh yeah well i mean the united states went to i think afghanistan in 2001 then the, gotcha. that was kind of like on that was kind of on like almost a down low not make people realize that and then 2003 yep. we heavily invested in iraq yeah Right. And so like, I remember like, cause I remember like the stories where like, uh, you know, they hadn't ramped up the equipment production. So there were people that were like, their kids were over in Iraq and they were sending them body armor. Cause they were like, Oh, we don't have body armor. So like, it was just like, a, like when the, when the, when the troops are first on the ground, it was like a whole different like feel compared to what it is today. I'm guessing. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was. Man. You guys, uh, you guys gonna vote like Matt, Matt Lavelle, two thousand five, circa two thousand five. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, to be, I mean, to be honest, I've never, I never have voted. But that was like so <laughs> back, back then, right? Like I, it was like, uh, like we were watching MTV was like the thing we would watch because we were young kids, right? And at that point, they were like getting, trying to get all these young kids to vote and everyone to vote, and everyone's like like saying like what you know this celebrity was saying or something like that right and i'm like like to me in my mind i'm like you guys are such drones like you know like you're not really forming your own opinion you're picking something that the you know this media person is telling you to pick because you think their sneakers are cool or something stupid like that so that's kind of what i was getting at like because people are saying like vote for Kerry, you know Mm because he's a democrat and democrats are cool and in my mind, they're both fucking douchebags, you know, like Democrats and Republicans. I could give a shit. So, yeah. but either way, we don't talk about politics on this show. But well, I'm at, I'm at <laughs> vote on the Matt Lavelle 2005, like lame or, uh, oh, <laughs> that's what I was talking about. Lame, you know, like, yeah. that, that was the memory lane topic, Matt Lavelle 2005, right? You know, I think, I don't know. I think oh I have to give that God. a Mondo Rad. That, that oh, letter was Mondo all over Rad. the place. Dude, that, I'll tell you what, that, I mean, there's going to be a lot cut out of that letter. So when people <laughs> hear this, just know you're not getting the whole fucking thing, uh, no, you no, know, no, yeah. you know, but like, was... I, you can tell that that letter was not written in one night. Like that letter was like uh, weeks uh, in the making, <laughs> like just dude, a stream yeah. of consciousness, like, I was, like I written out. So I was working. So I guess I was, it was, so I guess I think I started when I wasn't working and then I got a job. 
And then like I would come home from work and like ugh, I was smoking cigarettes all the time and like, mm. you know, because like when I started working in a restaurant and I was like a young kid, but like there's older people there and they're all in college. And like I thought they were like super old, but like because we were 19, you know what I mean? And they're like 23. So I'm like, whoa, they're freaking so old, you know, they know but, everything. Yeah. But they're like buying booze and like stuff for me and like, you know, showing me like different things and like partying and things like that. So like, you know, I'd come home and like, you know, do my thing. And then I'd write the letter. The letter took me a little while to write, but then eventually yeah. I was like, you know, got it done, ship it out. And yeah, you then, went from going steady with your girl to egging your house real quick. Yeah. <laughs> I love her. And then, yeah. Hey, what, what did I say? Like, I think she's like almost, she's as useless. She's working someone else. And she's as oh, useless yeah, yeah. as a porno now. Yeah. Pa yeah page one. Uh, yeah. Uh, we've been fucking on and off, but she's become more useless than a porno I've seen a thousand times. So. <laughs> That's an aged comment, right? <laughs> yeah, that's aged. Yeah. Oh well. So, um, all right. So, well, let's. Uh, we're gonna vote on that, and that's Mondo Rad. <laughs> what do you vote on it, Nick? Since you're Rad, man, I appreciate. Rad. I appreciate the support, man. Great, great letter too. Thank you, <laughs> dude. I can't believe you had to vote the other thing. I'm such a fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, not carry about yourself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know. But okay, so let's keep it moving. Um, all right, so like we said, Nick, born in the land of free home of the brave, Lansdale, Pennsylvania, went to public school K through 12, did some sports coming up, was a football star, did some track, played some baseball, rugby. Uh, he started his first job, which was, I feel like a lot of people start, like this is like a good start job. We started in landscaping, right? So it was from like age 12 to 14. So it's all cash under the table. What do you think about? It's the also a good like like that like I don't know like when you're playing sports like landscaping's a good job to have because mm -hmm. like at that age like landscaping's like lifting weights it just like packs on the muscle. Agreed. What do you think, Nick? How'd you like the landscaping? I mean, I, I like landscaping now, but at that age, you're you're you know you're you're out in the summer sweating your ass off. Oh. For some reason, I always felt like I was in situations where I was getting stung by bees. I, I got oh. like, actually like stung stung by bees like a thousand times digging holes. So like at the young age, you're doing all the shit jobs. But oh. today, this this time and age, I like landscaping my own property. But yeah. back then, it's like the the shit work, you know what I mean? But uh, oh. you know, I mean, it also makes you tough as a kid though. So you know, it was oh, I think yeah. a good experience. Yeah, a good experience. Get out there and get tough. You yeah. know, make some money on your own. Yeah. Yeah. So. And you and you need I think kids need that. Right. I think 100 mm -hmm. oh, yeah. percent, you know, Box yep. Dad was Box Dad owned his own landscaping business. And when Bach wasn't there, I would have to help him. And I'm not going to lie. It ain't easy. You know, like mm -hmm. that's a tough gig. Landscaping is a tough gig, you know, but it, I mean, it is what it is. It's still. But no, you're right. Where it says like development of young, young, like young kids. I think it's like it's, you know, it's essential almost. It's one of those things where it's like. It humbles you because you see like what real hard work is because that's hard work, man. Oh, yeah. And you're busting your ass out in the heat all day. Oh, it's brutal. But OK, so then after you were done landscaping, you started working at a local restaurant called Perkins. Right. And you were a busboy there. Right. So we've talked about this before and I was a busboy myself at an Italian place. But bus busboy is kind of like an entry level position in the restaurant business. What did you think? And like, to be fair. Right, like it, I but it's remember a tweet, like because yeah. you get cash right away, yeah, yeah, and you're like it. hanging out with adults. So, like, that's the thing is, like, when you get a job at 14 and you're hanging out with like 21 year olds that are drinking and smoking weed, like, it's a pretty uh, and yeah. you're getting cash every day, yeah, it's an eye opening Tough experience, yeah, oh, for sure. You're like, and like, you know, you're hanging out with these older people thinking, like, oh, these are cool people, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're definitely like, you know, like, you're, yeah, I, I agree, it's an eye opening thing, plus, too. 
dude, I think like, that's another thing. Working in a restaurant is something that builds character, you know, like people need to know that their fucking ranch dressing isn't that important. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, but what did you think, Nick? How did you like doing the busboy gimmick and everything like that? I mean, it was like my first real job. So yeah, it gave me like a sense of responsibility. Yeah. I was probably one of the younger kids there. I mean, there's a bunch of good looking waitresses that tip me well if I like cleaned up their sections. It's also like all the shitty work. Well by the waitresses. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, I mean, it's also all the shitty work, but I mean, it, it felt good actually having like a real job other than landscaping at the time. I got my working papers and, you know, like pretty much worked throughout the weekend weekends, but uh, it yeah, was working. Like I said, it was, yeah, it worked in air condition. I mean, it was, it was uh, funny because like anytime I went there and work, I came home, my mom would always yell at me like, go change. You smell like cigarettes and syrup. Oh tables Because that's when they used to smoke, you know, yeah. Instead, like, oh, yeah, you get those smoking smoke. doors. Yeah, yeah, cigarettes and syrup. I'll never forget that that combo. But uh, <laughs> I mean, it was it was a job, and I think it's like any job at young age gives you a sense of responsibility. It was tough work, but I I mean, getting a paycheck in the, the day, you're like you actually feel like a man. You know what I mean? So yeah, oh yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's a big part of it. Yeah, yeah, you I'm, put I'm, in a good day's yeah. work. Mm-hmm. I was Nick. Yeah. I, I was actually a bouncer at McFadden's when they passed the law that you couldn't smoke in restaurants and bars anymore, and that was like interesting to explain to people. I'm like, uh, yeah, you can drink all the poison you want and have uh unsafe sex with strangers yep. don't don't smoke that yeah yeah, yeah. It's so crazy. yeah. dude yeah. Say, i was bartending at i'd uh you know i'd grow i'd passed uh gotten to bartend never did the flair thing but i was bartending and uh i was the same thing when i was bartending they they had the no more smoking indoors law and it like people were just like hated it hated it you know but Honestly, it was better. Like, I didn't mind. I was sick of breathing and all that shit all the time. And, you know, yeah. even, like, I would smoke on and off for years, but it was still, like... Well, the best know. at the ballpark was there was guys who would come in and smoke cigars. I'm like, come on, dude. Like, seriously, you're, you're going the full stogie in here? Yeah, I'm like, yeah, we have yeah, a patio. Oh, like, oh, yeah. just go to the patio. Yeah, I'm with you. Oh, man. The sm- <laughs> cigars were the worst. There is a reason, like, a cigar cigar bars exist. I've never been to one, but... Oh, they're man. pretty sweet. Yeah. Oh, uh, 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 the the hot hotter than strip clubs. Really, Ashton Cigar Bar in Center City. All the chicks are like uh, thigh highs, like skirts, like just like. Is that like is that the thing? Like is that like their gimmicks though? Like they want them to be all dolled up and stuff, and like. I I mean, I don't think they don't want them to be dolled up. Like I think they're pretty happy about it. Yeah. (laughs) Damn. All right. Might have to try that, huh? All right. So I can't do that anymore because I'm married. So my life is over. (laughs) But uh, so okay. So then after Perkins, you got a job at Cosmos Pizza. Now this is an interesting thing because it's not. It was a pizza joint, but it's a pizza joint in the food court at the local Montgomery at the local mall in Montgomeryville Mall. And it was in the food court at a mall, which is, this is a straight, like, we've never had, like, we've had people that work in the mall, but never in the food court at a mall. So this is a very unique one. Prime action. This is where everyone comes to the food court. Exactly. So what did you think? Because eventually, right, you started at Cosmos, but then there was also Sabaro's Pizza in the mall, and you eventually would work at both, right, Nick? Yeah, I was sort of like a, a trader. You know, I went back and forth between you the two. You worked at both I mean, places at the same time? I did work at both places. I would work a shift at Cosmos, then like slide over Sabaros, and it would confuse the <laughs> shit out of people. Because they would be like, like I thought it was really Italian. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But uh, I mean, the job was fun. You know what I mean? Like uh, easy, you know, I just made pizza, serve food, stuff like that. And you just like watch chicken yoga pants, like walk by all day. And, you know, like it's, it's, it's the mall. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I'd see prime, all my friends uh, there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, how you, that's how you got your start man. in reconnaissance was, was at the mall. Just like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. 
But uh, I mean, it was a good job. It wasn't hard. You know what I mean? Uh, the owner of Cosmos was straight up from like Italy and uh, the manager, he was great, you know, an awesome dude. Um, I actually stayed in touch with him like until, I mean, he passed this past year, but I stayed in touch with that guy yeah. for years after the job. Just a, just a great dude. You know, oh, treated man. me really well. It was almost like a, almost like a second father. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would work there. Yeah. Then you tell me all the terrible stuff, you you know, about women. But it was a good place, a good environment. You know, it was fun. You know, that was probably one of the funner places I worked at was Cosmos. Sabaro, yeah. the, the staffer there was, you know, whatever. I was just getting a paycheck. But Cosmos, I look forward to going there. And, you know, the guys I work with were cool. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and the, the dude is straight up, like, Italian as hell. You know, just, like, standard. Like, I, when I first started working, I can barely understand him. But um, it, was, it was a good place, you know. Dude, those are the best places, especially as a young kid. They're, like, so big for your development because it's, like, you're going in there and, like, you're kind of seeing, like, how to behave, too. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, this guy's, like, teaching you, like, a bunch of things and how to talk and, like, you know, it, it, to be fair, like, I've worked in a ton of kitchens and we've all worked at mm -hmm. restaurants and things like that where it's, like, it's almost, like, times where it's, like, it's, like, a locker room setting. You know what oh, I yeah. mean? Where it's, like, look, we can talk like this in here with the guys and bullshit and all that. But like, you know, it's different when you get out there. But like, like when you're real young, they're teaching you words like, what the hell is a, like, oh, yeah. you know, like, yeah. what is a shvingi or whatever, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. what's you know. a milking table? Yeah, yeah, what's an HJ, you know? I mean, yeah. he, was, he was, he was great too, because, you know, I'd, I'd be like, you know, serving up food or whatever. And he'd be like, hey, you come here. He's like, and he would call me like my, like his son be like, you're going to be his son, your, your number or what? Like he, <laughs> he, he pulled numbers, he pulled numbers for me, which is crazy. And I was like, oh, yeah, so he was, he was a cool dude. He, he probably got more phone numbers from girls for me than, you know, I got them myself. It was pretty crazy. And he was like a smooth talker, you know? He was hey. like your Yoda. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Damn. Yep. Nice. All right, cool. So, all right. So you, then you worked from there, you know, you did the food court and the counter and all that. But then after that, you went to the Best Buy in Montgomeryville, right? Mm -hmm. And you yep. worked, did you, you worked in like the, the car section, right? Like it was a car stereo section, right? Yeah. I just sold like, um, you know, I sold like the speakers and, you know, like the tape decks or CD decks and stuff like that. And then learned about a little installing and stuff too, but uh, mostly sold the stuff. Yeah. But it wasn't that exciting. It was actually my first job where, um, you know, like I worked landscaping, busing, and the pizza place required a lot of work. And then Best Buy, I'm just like, I almost like didn't know what to do. I like, they're like, just stand here and wait for somebody to come by. You know what I mean? Like, and, you know, I come by and talk to them. I was so used to like sweeping tables, like, you know, like sweeping floors, cleaning stuff. And I was like, sat there like, hey, how you doing? You know, you want to buy, you know, like a cassette it, it, It's more like 40-year-old virgin than people uh, think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you just stand, it, it wasn't, and, you know, actually I was getting paid more doing that, but it was like kind of crazy because it was like way less work than I was used to. So yeah. I was like, you know, it was it was just like a, almost a shock for me. Like, oh, I'm not like scrubbing the floor right now. I just need to stand here and talk to people and like ring them out. Or, you know, it was, it was like a shock for me almost. That's awesome. <laughs> and then it says here you went from the Best Buy in Montgomeryville to the Friendlies in Montgomeryville. Yeah, I was kind of I was kind of working like Best Buy wasn't that taxing for me. So uh, Friendlies was like right there by Best Buy. And I oh, go so this was just like I want to increase my hours, uh, get some yeah, more pay. Hours. Yeah, I went to friendly. I went to friendlies a couple times and had some good-looking waitresses. So I'm like, I need to I need to buy into this place. So I got Dude, a that's job. That's where every a, high school girl gets their start is friendlies. Every high school oh, girl gets their start waiting. I know. So I was like, what, what better way to infiltrate and get a job as like a waiter? You know, so I got a waiter that I got a job as a waiter there for you know a couple months or like that, and I was just probably the worst fucking waiter you can possibly ask <laughs> for. I, I, they actually kind of just like 
they were like, I, you know, you're supposed to do like the stupid like pre-training, but they're like, oh, have you like done this type of stuff before? I was like, yeah, I worked at pizza place. It wasn't exactly the waiter. Like, yeah, you can just skip all that and like start like today. <laughs> and like, I had no clue what I was doing, you know, just like terrible. What was one of your, like, what was your, what was your, one of your fuck up stories? What made you a bad waiter? What was a good example? Well, friendly you're supposed to make these fucking like little like ice cream monster sundays, you know, like put yeah. little faces on them. Yeah, and, the whole reason know. people go to friendly is the oh, it's like saying oh, McDonald's, they do their happy meals, you know. Yeah, yeah. I just put together this fucked up little like friendly monster guy made out of fucking M and M's and Reese's pieces, little, like shit, and like here's your here's your fucking some, sunday, go some, fuck yourself. Like, <laughs> some little kids like. You know, it's like, Come back when like your mom's expert. better looking, and I'll make you a better Sunday. Yeah, I'll make you a better <laughs> Sunday. But I mean, like, when I started working at Friendly's, I already, you know, I already knew I was. I think I enlisted in high school for the Marine Corps, so yeah. I was like, oh, I'm just making cash right now. Yeah. But uh, just, you know, just trying to make some extra money. That's all before I go. So it's not like I'm invested in this job, you know. Yeah. So. So okay. So after you got done working at Best Buy and Friendly's, right then. That's kind of when you like you like you said you had already signed up for the Marines at that time. So what was so what was like your motivation behind going into the Marines? Now I remember like dude and you know I know we don't get political on this show, but back then right like after nine eleven happened, everyone had a freaking American flag in their yard and on their house. Like it was fucking we're America, America together. Like you know what I mean? Like very unified country. So that's like when you like signed up. So what was kind of like your motivation and your thought to sign up for the Marine Corps? Well, I would, I would actually have to partially blame my father because uh, my father had me watching like Commando and Predator at the age of like three. So <laughs> yeah. you know, it's sort of his fault with that aspect. But then, yeah, you know, obviously the, the, I always had kind of interest in the military from like that type of stuff. My dad was always like diehard, like action hero guy. So I always thought yeah. it was cool. Yeah. But then, uh, then, you know, you had 9-11 happen and, you know, like I look back at my like grandfather who was a, you know, World War II vet who stormed the beach at Normandy. And then my other grandfather who was on the USS Washington, which is one of like the, you know, most, uh, I guess, seasoned battleships in World War II as well. So both those were like, both of my grandfathers were like, like pretty much like heroes to me, you know, being in the Navy and Army, you know, and, uh, you know, like I thought, you know, 9-11 happened, we were, our country's going to war. So I thought, you know, I followed my their footsteps and almost like, you know, do my part as American yeah. and, and enlist as well. Yeah. So that was kind of my driving factor with that. Dude, that's, dude, that's fucking badass. Like your grandfather stormed the beach at Normandy. That's unreal. You know? Yeah, and then, yeah. so wait, he was on the U.S. Was he in the battle? Yeah, of I, I went to like, still there. If you Rather? go to the beach now, like 5% of the sand is like shrapnel from, uh, from D-Day. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, so wow. <clears throat> yeah, my mother's father was in the army he was uh, originally, it was funny because he always, he didn't really talk about it that much till after I joined, yeah. but uh, he was originally a cavalryman, like he rode horses. And then uh, oh, he, he always, he, yeah, he always bitched about it because he's like, we trained up on all these horses and you better bet your ass we never touched a damn horse in <laughs> World War II. We walked everywhere, but yeah. uh, he traded his horse for like, he, he was a bazooka gunner. So he lost like all hearing in the side. He was launching the, the bazookas. Oh, with, shit. So, but uh, yeah, he was there like throughout the, I don't know, what is it, like three, four years of the whole war or whatever. He was, he was in, you know, I think he was also in uh, Battle of the Bulge and, you know, tons of different Holy battles. Shit. So, yeah. So wow. my mother, my mother's father was, you know, pretty much a badass. He never, like I said, he never really talked about it, but like, you know, when he got older and I, you know, joined the Marines and he kind of like talked about it a little more. Yeah. And then my father's 
father's father was on the, yeah, the USS Wash and he was like a boats and mate and, you know, man some of the guns on the boat yeah. and they're in all sorts of crazy battles with the USS Wash. So it was kind of like kind of part built of Built in the Philadelphia Naval Shipyard, Nick. There you go. Mm -hmm. Yep. That yep. Uh, Washington was built in Philly, yeah. Wow. Yep. That's yep. so Dude, well, that's, but that's also like, so I know my grandfather was, he went to Annapolis. He graduated from the same uh, graduating class as Jimmy Carter, right? Like, and he was in, he was in the Navy and he was in the Battle of Leyte Gulf when he was in World War II. So like, you know, like it is, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like there is like a lot of like, to have that in your lineage as like, you know, like, especially if someone fought in World War II, right? And even yeah. if, you know, like crazy if they fought in a war previous to that, like, you know what I mean? Like. To, that's just that's you know that's incredible man and that's awesome that you know you were you were able to you know follow in their footsteps and serve your country and there's nothing wrong with that too that's like mm -hmm. you know i feel like people frown on that nowadays but that's a respectable thing and you did the right you know like did a great thing and you know we're all better off for it so and that's dude that's pretty badass that like that's too badass fucking like kind of you know kind of living up to that like they can always say like you can tell your grandfather like all these cool things that you've done and he'd be like yeah well i stormed the fucking beach so yeah. Go <laughs> fucking pussy yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like yeah, yeah let the beach storming the beach like that's a <laughs> yeah he's like let me know when you storm the fucking beach in normandy all right tough yeah, guy yeah you, you know what i recently so, so I love the uh, – on the Reddits, I love the Today I Learned and the Ask Historians. And I didn't realize that apparently, like, one of the Roosevelt's, like, Theodore Roosevelt's, like, son stormed the beach at Normandy. But he was in his That's 50s it. and he had a cane. And so uh, he was uh, – like, he was a three-star general. And they stormed the beach and his platoon landed on the wrong spot. And he just started directing him right there. He's like, nope, we're going to set up shop right here and start attacking because otherwise it'll take too long to join everyone else. And, like, you know, they ended up, like, succeeding, but it was, like, kind of crazy. And then he died over there from a heart attack, like – he storms the beach on Normandy and he dies from a heart attack like two well, months later. I know. So Teddy, so Teddy Roosevelt's son, because FDR was the president at the time, who was his yep. nephew, right? Uh, yeah. He was like a second cousin or a third cousin. So uh, you're right. I think it's because I think it was his, uh, I forget who, but uh, yeah, they're related, like second cousin or something. But if you ever, so I don't know, do you know who Ken Burns is? Right. He does. He does like, makes all the documentaries. He did. So he's done, he did a Vietnam one, which was, fucking incredible he did a civil war one which was incredible and then he's done a roosevelt's one too which is really really good and i'm a big history guy so like seeing all that stuff like dude teddy roosevelt he was a freaking man you know what i mean so yeah so, so this is uh teddy uh jr uh storming the beach of normandy with a cane in his 50s uh and they, they land on the wrong spot but like the, the picture i was just like this is pretty badass so let me know if you guys can see it <laughs> Oh, there you go. I got yeah. the cane right there. Like they, they land on the wrong spot. And he just tells him, he's like, look, we got to set up shop right here. And there's no time to meet up with everybody else. I feel that, like he wasn't part that, of the first wave. Yeah. Is that him? I, or is that William? That looks like uh, William Holden, the actor. Is that? Oh, this, is that, oh, maybe this is a movie based on him. So this is him. I know that's him. Oh, wow. With his cane there. Jesus, what uh, an I'm ugly son of a bitch. Maybe there are no pictures of him on the beach. Yeah, I guess that would make sense. And then here he is, uh, dies on the battle. But he, like, it was like a heart attack that took him out. No shit, man. Awesome, dude. That's awesome. So that that that's a lineage that uh, it's a shame that that family line died there. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. So nice, dude. Thanks, Pete. That was great. <clears throat> um. Okay. So. I think that was uh, Fonda's dad, J James Fonda. Maybe I don't know. Uh, Peter Fonda. 
maybe. Okay, so let's keep it moving. So, so your motivate, like we talked about your motivation, but I want to talk about this. So when we had uh, Brandon Hill on, um, uh, Marine, uh, U.S. Marine Brandon Hill, he was on, and he had talked about how he enrolled, like you, you take a test when you sign up for the Marine Corps. And when you sign up, you can qualify to be in different things, right? Depending on how you score on this test. So like you can be in communications or, you know, something like that, where like, you know, maybe you could be sent to work on like a mechanic shop or HVAC or, you know, different things. You can have different assignments, right? Nick here. So what, what Brandon did though, Brandon had qualified for certain things, but he did open enrollment. So they kind of just took them and threw them where they needed them. Nick he had qualified for anything like he could have gotten, he could have signed up for any branch of the Marine Corps he wanted, but he specifically said he wanted to be in the infantry. Right. And he wanted to be, it was a 0311. Is that right, Nick? Those That's the rifleman. Yeah. Or 03 is infantry in general. So yeah, there's 03. And then there's a couple uh, like numbers. At the end of it specifies where your job is, but yeah, I, the ASVAP is the actual test you take. You take it like, when you go to the recruit, you go to the yeah. cruise office, you take the ASVAB based off of like how you score, you know, they can show you like what job placements you can get. And uh, yeah, I scored high, but I was like, whatever the hell job it is to get me to like the front lines, like yeah. send me that one. They're <laughs> yeah, like, well, yeah. you're talking about infantry, you know, and I brought up my grandfather and stuff like that. So he's like, yeah, you went infantry then. I'm like, cool. Sign me up for that. Dude, so. that's awesome. So like, we uh so you legit wanted to be the guy like you know front lines kicking down mm -hmm. the doors and like kicking some ass and like doing the thing dude that is badass and you're not like as the as if you're so if you're infantry in the marine and you want to be the very first guy in the marine corps that means you're the very first guy out of everybody because marines are the first ones on the battlefield right yeah i mean they send in the marines first for most most like conflicts and infantry are the guys you know going forward like fighting you know fighting Securing whatever enemy forces yeah, yeah exa exactly yeah dude that's incredible that's incredible we had another guy i remember um that we went to school with uh it, we'll shout him out i mean i don't know do you think jeff Ware would want to be shouted out uh, yeah i don't think he gives a crap i mean there's there's a bunch of dudes who from from our class i mean our class yeah. was kind of like the 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 wave of like you know it, it seemed exactly. like there's a ra rash of like marines that came out of our class it was kind of crazy but jeff was one of them there was uh I think there was more guys who like kind of went towards the infantry or like com they call it combat arms. Like your infantry, but you also be like you know artillery is combat arms, and you know like yeah. the tankers combat arms. So like yeah. there's a lot of guys who went that route to like you know versus like support support positions. So yeah, I but, know yeah, that, a lot of guys. I know that Jeff. Jeff was another one like you, where when he took the test, he was like super smart. He was in advanced oh, yeah. placement classes. Like he was like a genius, like a serious genius. Yeah, yeah Jeff but, was fucking like playing stocks when he like he was playing on the stock market when he was like fucking like fourteen years old making money. He, yeah. he's a smart ki smart kid, yeah. and he was like same deal like fuck it like infantry you know yeah, send me yeah, so yeah he, he qualified for everything but his whole thing was <laughs> he wanted to be the he wanted the man the 50 caliber machine gun on the back <laughs> of a humvee or something you know yep, like yep. that's what he wanted to be but that dude <laughs> that just shows you like the level of like badass where it's like you know like you guys weren't like you guys had futures you know like <laughs> like so oh, yeah. i'm not saying like you know i'm not saying the military isn't a future what i'm saying is like a lot of people a lot of times what will happen is people see the military as like a way out as like a last resort as like you know, I couldn't do this, so I might as well join the military. Well, I, what it is is that at the end of the day, like the military has great benefits. You know what I mean? Like, it's a great you, like you, it pays for school. Career. Like, it, yeah, like it's it, 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 
So like it gives you a lot of options. You know what I mean? Like like I don't know, as somebody that graduated with seventy thousand in student debt, you know, like it's not a bad idea to do you know reserves and have it paid for and do the ROTC and all that kind of stuff. Like it makes a lot of sense financially and uh you know academically. Yeah, I remember. I think Nick. I think it was like one of the second or uh, maybe it'd have to have been after your third tour. But you had come home and it was me, like me and you and whoever we were seeing at that time. We went to Graham's for like a party mm-hmm. or something. And I remember we were at Graham's, like, hanging out, shooting pool, just doing the thing. And this, this guy came in and had his son. And his son wanted to, like, inter- he wanted to introduce his son to you, right? And he and I was like, you know, because he, he wants to join the military and, like, be in a military academy or something like that. And I remember you said to him, you're like, hey, you know, like, hi, you know, how are you, blah, 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 talking for a little bit. And then one of the things you said was, like, it's a great career. It is a great career, you know? And it's, it's true. The military is a great career. It shouldn't be like some people view it as like a last option for like, you know, some people that don't have money or couldn't do certain things. It's not. The military should it should be like well, considered it, some thing, of the first options, you know. It's also not the easiest thing to get into. Like, you know, like Agreed. during time, you know, like war, like, you know, or whatever. Sometimes they, they lower the standards. But like you'll see in there where it's like, you know, you, sometimes you have to have the high school degree. They don't like let anyone with a GD. And then you, sometimes you see people in the recruiting class where the recruiting officers like, dude, did you seriously think I was going to sign you up today? Like your entire back is covered in a dragon and you're uh, 300 pounds. I don't think you're going to make it through boot camp, bud. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think each, each branch has like different, like, you know, qualifications, you know, yeah. obviously during, during work time, they're like, we need motherfuckers. But, yeah. 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 You know. We need bodies, you know, but that's like any, <laughs> yeah. I, I, like I remember getting hired in accounting during like the global financial crisis. Like we need, like yeah, they yeah. Took any, could add one and one together, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for the Marine Corps in general, you have to be like, you know, entry level, like physical fitness test. You have to pass the ASVAP with a certain score and yeah. you know, can't have any medical problems, stuff like that. So they're not going to just grab anybody off the street. True. Air Force is kind of crazy because Air Force, their, their academic requirements are actually like, I think the highest of all of them. You have to be yeah. like yeah. generally smart. Like when, so when people say like you're, Everyone people wants to are going they watch top gun. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm saying in general, people are saying people are like dumb in the military. It's like not every, you know, it depends on what you do, the branches, but I mean, you, you don't have to, you're not, and most people who join the military are not really unintelligent or a last option. You can make a career out of it. You don't have to be like an infantry guy. There's plenty of other jobs. Like Hill, Hill and his job was logistics. There's jobs in Intel. There's stuff that doesn't, you can do in the military doesn't keep you in the, in the field or in the combat zone all the time. You know what I mean? You yeah. can build a career off of it. And some of those jobs will set you up for when you get out, you know what I mean? You yeah. work in, you go be a pilot for the military. Those guys transition out and go be a pilot in the civilian world, making like three times as much money, you know what I mean? Or like yeah. Oh, yeah. Intel guys, stuff like that. So th- it opens doors for a lot of people. Yeah, you it can gives do you communication, yeah. you know, telecom, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Like there's all yep. kinds of, you know, good, yep. good yep. I, I remember Ken Hay really, like he got into a pretty good field afterwards. Uh, he was mm-hmm. a great older than us. Yep. Yeah. And he was a guy, I remember Haverly, because Haverly was a big guy, right? You remember from the football mm-hmm. team, he was like 300 pounds. And so he kept going to uh to boot camp and they kept sending him back like, nope, you need to lose 20 more. And like, I think it took him like four times before they finally took him yeah. in. Oh, wow. Yeah. Dude, that's good though. I mean, but this is also to be said, you're saying there is a lot of, you need to be smart to be in certain branches of the military, oh, yeah. but it doesn't mean that the, <clears throat> it doesn't mean that the infantry guys are dopes, right? Like no, you no. have, if you're an infantry guy, Right. Like you have to have certain skills that you can be book smart as you want. But if you don't have leadership skills and teamwork skills and hard work and all that stuff, you're not going to like you're not going to survive. Right. Like, you yeah, need- I mean, you may you may you may uh, last for a certain period of time, but then you're expected to get you know promoted and start leading people. And if you, you don't do that, then you don't 
some, most of those guys like will do four years and leave the Marine Corps. You know what I mean? Like they don't yeah. excel or, you know, go past that time frame. Yeah. So yeah, you have to develop skills, leadership skills and like responsibility, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Good. And that, Hey man. And like, dude, that's like a great thing. And not a lot of people can say that they can do that, mm-hmm. you know? And like under it, like anyone can say that they can do all this stuff, but until you're in this situation, until you really, really lived it, then you have you no idea what you're talking about, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, and it's a real, like no one, I mean, me and Pete, I, I mean, knock on wood, I've never been in a life or death situation as of now, but you know, who knows, maybe I could be, I mean, mm-hmm. I am married. That's kind of a life or death situation, but you know, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like to, to see, to, to know, like you can handle yourself and control yourself and be a leader to others in those kind of situations is, you know, I feel that's a great skill to have. So, mm-hmm. okay. So let's talk about this. So you, we had your motivation for joining the Marine Corps with your parents, like your, your lineage and 9-11 and like, you know, just like wanting to do that kind of thing. You go in, uh, you were, you picked to be in the military because like, uh, like we talked about, like we had talked about this on the previous show about the Pogue stigma, right? Where it's like person other than Grunt has a stigma of being like, you know, you're not fighting on the front lines. You're not like, you know, not, you're not doing all that stuff what so then you get from your you sign up and everything like that you go in infantry but then you're in boot camp so what is boot camp like for you as i mean i'm sure yeah i mean i'm sure everybody's seen the movies and heard about that stuff but you know like marine corps boot camp but it's just uh they pretty much take up all your time like treat you like shit for you know like 13 weeks straight you know i mean there's a lot of physical for physically, it wasn't that hard for me because I was, you know, played sports and stuff like that. Mentally, like I said, like I, I did fine in that aspect, but like where a lot of guys get broken is like, you know, mentally you're being treated like shit. You're away from your families. That kind of like eats away at guys. I mean, for me, it didn't really affect me too much. I thought boot camp wasn't wasn't that difficult. It's just about like them taking your time, no matter what you do. You're always fucking wrong. But it also like I, I talked to you before, Matt, about it teaches you how to like start relying on others regardless of where they're from what the race is or whatever and start like you know learning how to like whoever the guy is next to you you start building that bond and like teamwork so that's kind of what they they pretty much like wipe you clean of what you've learned in the the world so far and teach you how to like become a team you know like a team person like you know working as a team building that like relationship with other people it's like a you know a marine pretty much yeah is that like you could you couldn't ask the staff sergeant a question? So it's like, all right, I better ask the guy next to me if he heard it, because otherwise I'm fucked. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't you don't ask fucking questions there. You know, <laughs> like, you ask questions, you're getting, you know, you're getting fucking screamed at. You know, and it's yeah. funny. It, sometimes it's funny because like, no matter what you do, you're a fucking. You know, they call you a recruit yeah. there. You don't call their name. You're like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you know, like take a like take apart your rifle and start taking apart. You're like, you do it fast as fuck, and they're like. That wasn't fast enough, dude. Again, you know what I mean? Like, you <laughs> clean the fucking, scrub the fucking floor, and just like they scream, they're screaming in your face like faster, yeah. you know? Like just all the, just shit that like mentally break you, you know what I mean? And yeah. some guys it breaks them very well, and then some guys, you know, it doesn't. For me, it was kind of like, all right, I just gotta make it 13 weeks through this and do the fucking push-ups and. Go on, why'd bullshit. you take that gun apart so fast? Cause you told me to, Jules. Yeah, I, know, I love, I love that quote. <laughs> <laughs> that, that Here, they the never compliment <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they never compliment you. I can tell you that. So. Oh man, but dude, I mean, but also that's part of like the motivation of bringing you guys together because you rally around like you know, like you're like don't give that son of a bitch the satisfaction of seeing you quit kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like when the drill sergeant's giving you shit, so that's how you guys like 
you know, you would rally around. I remember in, you know, and I know we don't want to base a lot of this discussion off of like movies, but in Band of Brothers, in like the first episode, uh, Ross from Friends, David Schwimmer's character, he's like a total prick. Yeah. yeah, he's a total <laughs> prick. I hate him and everything else after that movie. That movie. <laughs> yeah, but he was a big like, but the thing was, he played the role because mm-hmm. they even said, the guy even said it. He was like, do you, like, there's no guy in this in this platoon that wouldn't double time it up a mountain to piss in his coffee. That like he oh, yeah. brought the yeah. team together out of hatred for him, you know. Yeah, and much. I feel like that's kind of like the motivation, right? Yeah, it's pretty much yeah motivation, and also like I, I guess a part of it as well is like a immediate uh, immediate response to orders too. Because like I mean, in the regular role, you're not you like they tell you to do something, you fucking do it, and that like plays a role in like combat you you get an order and you fucking do it with that question yeah. you know what i mean that's yeah. where you, they kind of start building that into you like yeah. you know fucking like charge the fucking hill and you're just like roger that you know what i mean that's where it, it starts to get i guess ingrained into your mind yeah so yeah. immediate yeah immediate response orders yeah damn yeah yeah no i guess yeah you're right and also too like you know like they're your your common enemy and like immediately responding to orders like all that yeah I guess, I mean, that's part of why we do have the greatest military in, uh, you know, human existence. So, you know, big ups to us. <laughs> so, okay. So uh, uh, after you do boot camp, right, you go through the boot camp and we've all seen the movies like Nick said, where they're yelling in his face, but he's getting how through many everything. Weeks again is naked? So how many? 13. I think it's still the same. Yeah. I think it's still 13 weeks. Yeah. 13 weeks. Yeah. I mean, like, let, yeah. And then he, uh, in the middle of the summer, too, like, down there. And, uh... Oh, yeah, you joined in this – because I remember uh, – I don't know if we can air this, but, dude, this is how awesome your parents were. Remember we had that big, huge party before you left? Oh, yeah. That yeah, was yeah. awesome, huh? What a <laughs> Yeah, they were like, I fuck remember it. that. Yeah. yeah, I don't think they care. They were like, fuck it, just do whatever. You're leaving. Yeah. Yeah, they were like, dude, yeah. have some fun. Do your thing. I remember, yeah. I remember we were, like, in the kitchen, and your mom was like, I'm so nervous. Something's going to happen. I was like, look – Nothing's gonna happen, Miss Galante. I'll take care of everything. And she's like, Nick, who's this idiot? And I'm like, Kid right. Salami, Kid Salami's got yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. No, dude, that was a I think blast. I'm like, oh, he beat up those people that stole his walkman. And she's like, What? I'm like, oh, never mind. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that was I remember that. That was a great party, killer party. Mm, that was a good time. Yeah. So, okay. So uh you're you go through boot camp and after boot camp, this is where you go for what's called MOS training. So military occup military occupational specialty, right? Yep, correct. Yeah. So, yeah. so after boot camp, yeah, everybody goes to whatever they like enlisted for their their specific job. So like, you know, infantry goes to infantry school, logistics goes to logistics schools. Like it's they're all over different parts of the country. Yeah. Yeah. Where uh so okay. So when you go to your MOS training, you were infantry training and 0311. So the 0311 is considered that's your MOS number. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So what so what kind of thing? I mean, I don't give away too much, but is it like sorry? So don't give away too much, but is it kind of like, you know, like what we see in the movies where they have like the bayonet training, the hand-to-hand combat training, the you know, shooting range and like all that kind of stuff is and like yeah. go ahead. Yeah, so I mean, they, they it's like a lot of stuff you see in movies or documentaries or whatever. Yeah, they, they teach you like how to patrol, you get more more into shooting, like basic of like clearing buildings and you know, like how to operate in a squad and stuff like that. So, and like the time that I went through, there was a lot of cross training, especially when we went later on to my unit, but like it's about training on different infantry weapons and stuff like that. And, and since I since I've been to that that school, which was back in like 
2003, there's been like tons of advancements in the school. So I think the guys are better off than yeah. what I was. But yeah, it was it's it's just a add on to like basic training and more more situational. Like like this is kind of what you do in this. Yeah, it's it's building on like how to be infantrymen and building our infantry skills. You know, in boot camps like team building, this progresses into like infantry skills and shooting and you know like patrolling and stuff like that. You know, like how to operate in a squad and a team and stuff like that. So would you say like like how like could you do you think you can point out like a big difference technology wise from when like we like you were in boot camp as to now like the technology they have now like do you coordinate stuff with like you know drones and things like that like that wasn't there when you were in boot camp oh hell, right? hell, no, you, like, hell no you you just like tweet the drone like here strike here like is that uh <laughs> no nah, i mean in boot camp you don't do that stuff in school infantry i mean there's like better weapons and like optics and stuff like that that we use now so like back then when i was in school infantry like you had like a fucking rifle and uh i don't even think everybody had a pair of night vision you know what i mean like yeah like there wasn't enough stuff yeah. to go around yeah so now, I, like, I remember like they were people were sending like they like if they found out their kid like if, if you had money and your kid was a marine like i'm gonna send you the night vision goggles you know there's like, your uh, Christmas body armor yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah yeah wow and is that all stuff standard now Oh yeah, yeah. Like the the Marine Corps and you know across the DoD wide, the military's way be, because of the war. The you know a lot of money got put in the military. Yeah. And you know there's a lot That's of like gr so. great great stuff out there that the military uses at this point, like better weapons, better optics, night vision stuff like that. So it's yeah. I mean yeah, it was also but I I remember like I think it was like I know when Robert Gates got over like they kind of like changed because before that uh, the military spent a lot of money on like theoretical things in the future. And he's like, yeah, that's great, but like we fucking need this shit on the ground right now. So let's like take yeah, that yeah. money and just start sending body armor and all that kind of fun stuff. Yeah, yep, we yep. need it, dude. Absolutely, the safety of the troops this should be number one, especially when it comes mm -hmm. to military stuff. Also, too, if if we want to remain as a military superpower, we need to have like the best stuff that you available, right? Like mm -hmm. that's right. I mean, we're not. Let's not get too political, but okay. Mm -hmm. So, uh, okay. So you do boot camp, you do your MOS training. So soon as you're done infantry training, right? You were shit. So you were done the infantry. You did boot camp, right? Thirteen mm -hmm. weeks, and you go from boot camp to MOS training. So then, you soon as you're done your infantry training, you were shipped to Iraq, and you were at this point, you had only been in the Marine Corps for seven months, and you were 18 years old, and you were on a plane to Iraq. Right. Yeah, I uh, I pretty much graduated graduated the like school infantry, and then I actually went to my duty station. In, it was in Twenty Nine Palms, California, which is the Mojave Desert, and then uh, I was there for I, I was like no more than a week, and they pretty much showed up and like welcome welcome boot fucking don't unpack <laughs> that's what they call like new guys boots you know and, and they're like welcome boot don't don't unpack your shit. Cause we're leaving in like, it was like a week, week and a half or something like that. So I was there for not very long of a time from what I remember. And then we flew from uh, United States to Kuwait, did some, did some time in Kuwait. Like just like, I think it was like one to two weeks of like learning how to drive a Humvee, like zeroing our weapons, you know, getting to know the guys I was going to work with. And then, yeah. then yeah, we went and drove into Iraq. Wow. And so had we, we had already been in Iraq at that time. You weren't the first wave. No, it was uh we had been in Iraq for I think few few months. So like uh like my unit was like kind of like the that my unit was actually waiting for Marines to 
fulfill their like rosters to go. So my unit was like kind of playing like catch up. We went in, I think it was either January or February, 2004 timeframe. So we, you know, like I said, went to Kuwait, like I said, and then just drove, like, it was like 500 miles into Iraq somewhere. Wow. That's crazy. What, and is it at night when you're doing this? Um, when we did that convoy, it was like night day, you know, just how yeah, long it took to drive. Miles, yeah, 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 yeah. Pretty far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, so where, where are you front seat, back seat? Where are you at? Uh, at the time, it's funny because I had like just learned how to drive the fucking vehicle, but uh, I was we ro- <laughs> we rotated we rotated through. I mean, it's like driving a fucking truck, I guess. But yeah, yeah. We rotated through based off of like how how much sleep we had. So like I was either yeah. in the the back of the truck like on security, or like a driver got tired, we rotated out. So nice. Dude, that's yeah. awesome. Do you? I remember you used to do this thing in high school where if we were behind, if you're behind something slow on the road, you would put your car in neutral and rev your engine behind them. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't doing any of that shit over there, were you? No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So, dude, that's badass. I didn't. When we did the pre-show, I didn't. You didn't say anything about you were actually driving the Humvee. That's awesome. So yeah, it's normal, normal thing to drive a truck. Yeah, in. yeah I guess normal for you. <laughs> yeah, but, normal uh, for me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Quick question. So, uh, we, so one of the things I did want to talk about is movie. So, and we talked about this in the pre-show and I brought this up on the show before in the fighting game, right? Fighting movies, they're kind of like shit on a little bit. Right. Mm-hmm. And the reason is, is because like they can be over drama like it can over make the like over dramatic the situation a little bit right where like fighting is more this than this kind of thing you know there is heart and stuff involved but they if you hit on the button you're going down right (laughs) but it's a movie so it's it's made more dramatic than it would be in real life right so but there are some parts of it that are accurate right there are some things Mm -hmm. that are accurate about the fighting movies what would you say as far as like the military stuff is like one of the most accurate depictions of a military movie would you say oh, yeah, in like your this. experience i mean uh, that's that's kind of hard i think we mentioned like generation kill a little bit generation they're, kill. they're pretty they're pretty like somewhat i mean obviously it's hollywood and they exaggerate stuff too but generation kill definitely like highlighted some of like there's definitely lulls and boredom you know when yeah. you're deployed and yeah. like you know guys are fucking joking around and you know like they had a little bit of that and everything in there but, uh, I mean, the humor is there. Like, some of the funniest shit I've ever fucking seen is military guys just fucking <laughs> off and doing stupid shit. Yeah. But, uh, you know, because you had a bunch of dudes, like, full fucking testosterone being idiots all the time. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think Generation Kill tried to be very close. I can't think of – I'm trying to think of another movie that, like, most movies over-glorify a lot of shit. You know sure. what I mean? Sure. And like over yeah. the dramatized stuff and whatever. Like, you yeah. know, what about like, Jarhead? Like, that was one that I was always, is this kind of, but that was like the first Gulf War, I guess it wasn't Dude, the second I, Gulf I, War. Well, I remember someone had saying, like, like, cause there's the one scene where the guy freaks out about not being able to, you know, the pink, where they're not being able to shoot the guy with the sniper shot. And he's like, mm-hmm. it's Peter Sarsgaard's character's like, that was my kill. Right. And he's yelling at like this, you know, high ranking guy. That would never fucking happen right nick like he would be destroyed right like if someone yelled at a ranking officer about like a command right like wouldn't he be just destroyed i don't know what do you what do you say i mean yeah if if he did that he'd probably be destroyed but you know if he should just fucking take the goddamn shot anyway be like fuck you (laughs) (laughs) yeah 
<laughs> I was like, fuck you, you, you know, and deal yeah. with the repercussions later. Yeah. Yeah. If you wanted it that bad, you should have fucking done it. I agree. Took the shot. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I mean, they're blowing up the tower. What the fuck's it matter? It doesn't right? matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. 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 One but, uh, bullet. <laughs> Jarhead, uh, I saw that movie years ago. You know, I, I don't think it was, I mean, a lot of Hollywood bullshit in there. Yeah. The guy from Brokeback yeah. Mountain and stuff like that, right? Yeah. 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 That, I mean, but I mean, I guess there's some kind of things that are, I mean, everything, there's going to be a, like a thing of accuracy, but there's some of it where it just had to be just a little too much. But it, mm-hmm. I except, think the last Rambo was probably the most accurate one when right. he uh, got I mean, his all the Rambos, back from Mexico. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I thought, yeah, yeah, yeah every, exactly. every Rambo is probably, <laughs> I mean, they're all based on true events. So yeah, know, exactly. Yeah. How it goes. <laughs> but nice. So, okay. So speaking of generation kill, which for those of you who haven't seen it, it is, it, I think it's a great show. I it just really, started watching it today because of this podcast. You were telling me that, like, you know, had it's Nick so and good. Some people that had worked well, yeah, on the show and, or something. Yeah, and we'll talk for those of you who have seen it. There's some characters on there that Nick has actually worked with in the field. Uh, some of the guy, and he knows them. So we'll get into that a little more later. But there's something in the show that I wanted to talk about. Uh, there, there's a scene in the show where, like, you know, they have MREs, and we'll talk about MREs and things like that. But what's the deal with charms? Is that a real thing, Nick? Yeah, char- are we allowed charms. to talk about that? Yeah, like, yeah, you can talk charms? about it. It's, it's like no, it's they're candies. There's some like bullshit, like almost knockoff of a lifesaver. It seems like, but yeah. uh, there's like always some. It's like an old infantry wise tale, and they actually removed them from MREs. They don't like exist in there anymore. But everybody was saying that like if you eat charms in the field, it's gonna like rain on you, or if you eat charms like you know in a combat zone, you're gonna get fucking blown up by an ID or shot or so. Like everybody like would always like like not eat the charms or you see like a new guy eating the charms you're like fuck you like throw that away you know what <laughs> i mean it was just like this old like kind of like like rabbits rabbits foot kind of like but why'd they give me here. the candy if i can't eat yeah. it yeah, yeah yeah exactly well that's but kind of what like happens yeah that's yeah, kind of yeah. what happens they had it was like a younger recruit was eating mm-hmm. the charms and the one like veteran smells it and he's like who the fuck has charms in this <laughs> car you know yeah so yeah. Nice. So, uh, okay. So let's keep it going. So speaking of, so you're, you're 18, you're in Iraq, you drove 500 miles from Kuwait to Iraq. You're there. You're at this point, you're a private first class. Is that right? Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah. Private first class. Yep. Okay. So what was it like, like I, from everyone I've talked to that's been over there, they said it's ungodly hot and the food was crap. So speaking of MREs, what is like how were MREs back then as opposed to now and like how does it kind of work like the doling out of them and things like that can you give us like a background on that yeah I mean like everything else in the military it has improved you know I mean like the MREs are like way better they started like adding I guess better nutritional value to them you know based off of like you know what was in them but like back in 2003 four time frame they were like not fucking great, I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Not great. So it wasn't meal of choice, but it was kind of yeah. something you just had to like fucking like shovel down and you know, get the energy. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think I talked charms. about. Yeah, I talked about. Uh, I think the worst like feared meal was like uh, beef steak with mushrooms, and we just call it beef or uh, we just call it tube steak with mushrooms, like dick Oof. steak or whatever. But yeah. But uh, yeah, it was like this piece of it was like a log of meat that was covered in like. Uh, brown gravy kind of like the same color as you ever do biscuit and gravy yeah you know yeah, like yeah. the same same color as that and then just like 
diced up mushrooms. It was fucking, Ugh. fucking terrible. Terrible. Like, God awful. Also, remember this, Pete. It's 130 degrees there, right? Yep. These things are in a box in a truck, right? Is that right, Nick? So they're yeah, just yeah, like in a box. It's hot as fuck. Yeah. yeah, so it's just like oh, it's not refrigerated at all. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. It's in a bag. Yeah, yeah. They their meals are like they're preserved, so they can last for like ten years, right, Nick, or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, yeah. So it was like yeah, Clark so it was Griswold in Vacation movie, where he's like, "Yeah, that taste this cookie. Uh, it was made in 1932." You're like, what? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's all preserved, and like I think at the time it was just more about like getting nutrients versus looking at like the actual yeah. like nutrient yeah. nutritious benefit of it. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. look, we just yeah, it, they just did the simple nutrients in, nutrients out. You need to eat this much to uh, be uh, effective, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. They, and like, to be fair, like, you know, after you've been running through, you know, the desert and all this stuff, you're kind of, at some point, you're just like, I'll fucking eat whatever they have. As long as, oh, yeah, pretty food, much. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like anything else. You play a sports, like, football game or wrestling match, I'm sure, after, like, if you oh, have yeah. no options, someone throws something in front of you, you just fucking scarf it down. Yeah. You one of those things. Kidding, oh, yeah. Brother. Yeah. You ain't kidding. Yep. So nice. Okay. And then now they kind of hook it up with like better stuff, which is cool. They, yeah. I mean, better you know. tasting food and more nutrition. Like they've looked into like, you know, they're not the fucking greatest thing out there, but they, sure. they've definitely it's put not some pure macros. Like, they, they get into the micronutrients and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Some stuff like that, you know, have like electrolytes and stuff in them now and everything else. So. Well, dude, like, even though like, think about it this way and we've talked about this on the show before, like back in the day, right? Like nutrition, no one gave a shit right oh fuck well, yeah dude like yeah. think about our school lunches right yep. like if they well, served that now they would be thrown in jail right mm-hmm. you know Go yeah. ahead, nick said something i want to like because i was reading about this before about like the whole electrolyte thing because that's like something that people don't realize is like it's not just the water it, like if you lose electrolytes like you're like completely fucked and i know that there were guys that had gone through like boot camp and like they didn't realize at the time like oh we'll just drink more water but the water doesn't do anything to you because it just like makes you piss out more electrolytes that's why you need the gatorades and the power it's because if you don't mm-hmm. have it then your brain just starts like malfunctioning and, and you're yeah. done. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So I'm, I'm becoming a nurse. So I'm learning all this fun stuff <laughs> yeah. now. So. Well, no, that's why like, so that's why like if, if people are dehydrated, right? Like drinking water doesn't always work. They have to get the IV. It's because they've yep. lost those electrolytes. Is that mm-hmm. right? The sodium. Yep. Nice. Exactly. Okay. So uh, w- this is something I want to know. So, when you're watching these shows, and, and I guess I just didn't know this, but I thought like to be an officer, it was just like you, you went, everyone went to boot camp, and then you like as you guys escalated, the officer kind of like you know whoever was the better soldier became like an officer, whoever earned it, kind of thing. So how where do the officers come from? Because like to me, it seems like. You know, like eventually you would be an officer, but I, I mean, I like I, this question. Or no, you're not an. You, sorry, Nick, you're not an officer, right? Like no, I'm that, not an officer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not an officer. You work. So, you work for a living, son of a bitch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the yeah, way that, an officer has to go to college or something, or yeah, yep, correct. So the way an officer program works is they go. You have to have a four year degree, and then you go through, you know, the officer training, like officer candidate school, and then they. Based off of what your career path is, they go to like following schools. So, college officer candidate school, then like you know, go be a you know pilot or infantry officer is infantry officer course, or you know like go be a like a logistics officer. So it's kind of like the enlisted. You know, you do your initial schooling. They go through OCS versus like boot camp, and then they go branch off to you know whatever MOS they they're going to be designated as and do their following schools. Then then they go to like the fleet marine force. 
Yeah, so Nick, if, if they come through like uh, Annapolis or they or they come through um, uh, West Point, West Point yeah. Yeah. or if, if they just do an ROTC program as a college, they do, do they do a different boot camp than the normal enlistees? Yeah, they go through they go through officer candidate school, so they don't they don't actually go to boot camp. Like Marine Corps boot camp is for enlisted enlisted Marines. So it's, uh, oh, so it doesn't, in, no officers? No officers. No, so they don't they don't go through boot camp. They go through their own own schooling. Can an enlistee go to college later on and become an officer? Yep. Yeah, there's a couple of programs okay. for that. So if you like, uh, if you have the time while you're in the Marine Corps and and manage to get the schooling done, you you can. I know some guys like have taken like night schooling or whatever. And there's also other programs if you qualify for it. You kind of like step away from being enlisted men, go to college, and then you go through. Uh, it's the the a it's called the MESA program. Um, it's pretty much enlisted to officer, so you can like step away from being enlisted. Do your like four years in college, then then go through your officer candidate school and everything else. So there's there's ways to get there. What? Nice. Yeah. What? So okay, but then the other way to go about. So why aren't you considered an officer then? Like you're a master sergeant, you're a ranking military member. I guess like an an officer was trained as an officer outside of military training and it, like outside of like regular military and like a, a different place. Like I don't. I just. You know, like are you, you, you should be considered an officer. What separates right? them? What, 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 yeah, or yeah. what's the separation in the ranks? Like, can an enlisted person get to the same rank as an officer, or is yeah. there, or, or do they, is there any overlap between the ranks? Or I guess that's what we're trying so, to figure out. It's just like the way the military is structured. You have the officer ranks. So, like, officer mm -hmm. ranks are like, like I said, the officers do their own like series of schooling. So, like, yeah. enlisted do their series of schooling. We the officers do theirs, and then we meet in like the the fleet is what we call it. So like enlisted is like private first class, you know, lance corporal, corporal sergeant, staff sergeant, gunnery sergeant, master sergeant, and then uh, master gunnery sergeant. And like officers, like you know, second lieutenant, first lieutenant, captain, major, oh, lieutenant colonel, I yeah, see. colonel. Then you go up to general. So like an officer can reach the rank of a general. Enlisted can reach the rank to E nine. Enlisted is kind of weird too because enlisted has that at E eight they we split like to different different. Uh, there's two different E8 ranks. There's two different E9 ranks. So you can be like a mass sergeant or you can be a first sergeant. And then as a first sergeant, you can be a sergeant major or as a master sergeant, you can be a master gunnery sergeant. The difference between the, the mass sergeant and gunner, master gunnery sergeant, you stay in your, your job field. And then as a first sergeant, sergeant major, you're kind of like a troop, troop handler, like troop welfare kind of guy. I chose to be a master sergeant because I want to stay with recon. Yeah. If I decided to be a first sergeant, I can be sent to anywhere in the Marine Corps. You know what I mean? So but yeah, that's, are that's you a different E9? I'm an E8 right now. Oh, look at you, you yeah. bad son bitch. Nice, man. Dude, so you're Rico you're... in uh, what, what was that, that that movie back in the day when we were kids that was really good? Uh, the one where they were fighting in space? Oh, Alien oh, oh, No, no uh, Starship Troopers. <laughs> Starship Troopers, yeah. yeah. Rico goes Rico. into the infantry and, and yeah. Doogie Hauser becomes the officer. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Officers now, mainly yeah. differentiate between going to college. They go to college, so. Gotcha. Yeah. And so I guess that's the thing is like, uh, like, is there like a rank where it's like, like a, uh, you know, like like a veteran enlisted guy versus a green officer? Like, would there ever be like a conflict there where you're like, listen, like, snot nose, get the fuck out of here. Oh yeah. I've been yeah, in this I fucking mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, for me, it was, like, at the rank of a sergeant, yeah, so. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, it has to be like this. Like, they're kind of trained tactical, like, overall warfare, right? Which mm -hmm. you are, too, as well. But you're kind of, like, on the ground 
in the shit trained. More this is the mission that has to get accomplished today. Exactly. How's like the best way to accomplish they're that? Kind of, they're, yeah. they're thinking of like the general all out, like the general battle, right? You're on the mission in that battle. And like, they're kind of like helping structure the tactics of the battle. And you're kind as of- As Rico would say, uh, fleet does the flying, infantry does the dying. Holy shit. Mm. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's keep it going. So Nick, that was your first tour. You, uh, you went out, you did your thing, right? Uh, you, Mm -hmm. you know, you come back. So you're like, you're dealing with stuff and, and like, like you're like, from what I've heard and, and you kind of confirm this, my dad said when he did, my dad was an army ranger, 82nd airborne first rangers. Right. And he was, uh, his thing was, he's like, you know, cause we wrestled and did all these things. He's like the vigorous workouts, the lack of eating, like you get kind of used to that stuff. But he's like, the thing that got him was the lack of sleep, right? And is that kind of where you were at as well, too, Nick? Like, how did that, like, because you're, when you were over there, like, you're not sleeping for days at a time. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, it's funny because I've always been good at sleep deprivation, I think. But uh, yeah, sometimes you'd go, I'm also being the new guy, you pull, like, when I, my first tour, I was a new guy. So I was pulling, like, all the extra duties and post standing and stuff like that. So there'd be times where, like, you know, in two days i maybe get like two three hours of sleep or you know like over like a four-day period i've been i was like four days i sleep like six hours something like that. it's like two hours a day or whatever so you you wow. learn to like work it's not the best method you know to operate with, but you, <laughs> yeah. you learn how to like operate with a little sleep you know what i mean you just because there's so much to be done you know and so mm-hmm. there's there's days where you, you go 24 48 hours about sleeping you know and it's just yeah. when you get the opportunity it's funny because when, when guys get the opportunity to sleep you see dudes just like fucking sleep anywhere i see a guy like sleeping on a pile of bricks you know what I mean? it's, it's yeah. funny like yeah. where we get a chance to crash out yeah yeah well to be fair though like if you're an officer you want to do like the younger guys can do that better than the older veterans you know what i mean like mm-hmm. i feel like the younger kids like you know back when we were young you could stay up all night and do your thing go to work and train and do whatever the next day and then do it all again right like you could, yeah. you could yeah. do that I, then, I could drink all. I could drink till five a.m. Be up and at work functional at eight a.m. And now, like, if I had like three beers, I'm like done for two days. Oh, dude, <laughs> yeah. same, same. Yeah, we're old as shit. So okay, so let's keep it moving. So you left right your first tour. You came back. How long were you back home until you went out on your second tour? So like after the tours end of my first tour, they're like, you guys are gonna be right back out here in about seven months. So I I left Iraq. I went home, saw my family for maybe like two, three weeks. Yeah. And then I went back out to uh, 20 on Bombs, California. Yeah. We did like maybe like somewhere between a six, seven month like training, you know, like it's called a workup. So you do like a seven month workup and then like head right back over. So it was, it was about seven months in between. Yeah. All right. Nice. So, okay. So you ended your first tour, right? And you're seven months, you come back out, right? Would you say when you were out on your first tour, did you get a lot of mail or did it start more when you're on your second one? Or, or was it just you... Matt? <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was just Matt. Uh, my, my first tour, my first tour, uh, the logistics weren't as great. So like, yeah, we get, we get mail like, you know, a lot slower stuff like that. And oh, you're it was, getting it like it was, months after. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, like a month out later or some, somebody sent it, it takes like, you know, three weeks, four weeks to get to me. So yeah, it was a lot slower my first time around. Yeah. That's a bummer, but hey, it's all right. At least you got it. So, okay. So let's keep moving. Uh, so you're, you come back for, after your first tour, seven months, boom, you're back out on your second tour. You're mm-hmm. 20 years old at this point, right? 
And this yep. is where you kind of got your first leadership role. Is that right? Yep. Yep. So what was your rank and kind of what was your leadership role? Like what were, how many guys were you in charge of? What were you kind of doing? If you can kind of lay that out. Yeah, I think, I think, I don't know if I was promoted yet. I, I was either a Lance Corporal or Corporal. Like I said, this, this is like, you know, what, 12, 13 years ago. So I was either Lance yeah. Corporal or Corporal. <laughs> yeah. I was in charge of like a, a you know, like a fire team. Dude, and the time it was we got, 16 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Six, there you go. Even, even longer. So. Um, yeah. So I was like a, fire team leader so i was in charge that time we had a little extra guys you know we went back actually with like when i first went there we were like bare bones now we went back we had like more if our squads were a little bit bigger and platoons were a little bigger so i think at the time i had like myself and it was like four or five other guys i was in charge of so like a small a small team i was in charge of guys still at the age of 20 you're you're running a, a fire team so they notice like I'll tell you what, and this is one of the things like I think that it is one of the things about the like, I guess, like the enlisted guys that shows like leading by doing is a big thing in the military, it seems like. Right. Like, yeah, they, by fire. Well, 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 it's also but it's also like they're not that you have to earn the respect of the guys you're leading. Right. Like you mm-hmm. can't be you can't be some bullshit, dude. You can't be some guy. You can't that, be somebody's nephew. Yeah, like you can't be some pussy that's lazy and cutting corners and all these things. Like these guys saw that you worked the hardest, you did your job to the best of your ability. You're always there at the like you did. You're there at the right time. You're you're you're, you. They can count on you in the shit, right? Like so, they notice that and they notice like your leadership potential. So being at such a young age that you're in charge of a fire team, even if it's four or five guys, like they trusted you at such a young age to put these men's lives in your hands and to lead them, right? So like, yeah, pretty much it was like, um, no, I would say pretty much like, yes, you have to be like, uh, the way I always saw it is like, you have to be one of the, for the Marine Corps at least, you know, like fucking physically fit and tough, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, you can't be as fat fucking pussy, the Nick, no one's going to yeah. follow you anywhere. Yeah. Uh, I was usually like the last guy to sleep, the first guy up and like the last guy to eat, you know what I mean? Let yeah. my guys fucking eat first and you know, yeah. I eat after them. And then like everybody does, everybody does their fucking share of work. You know what I mean? If you're... Yeah if you're a leader and like tell these guys to go dig a fuck, dig and fill sandbags and you're not doing it yourself then those guys are not going to respect you. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Dude, absolutely. Yeah. And Pete, get a load of this when we were talking. So this is like what Nick would do, right? When he's handing out MREs, he talked about the tube steak that he hated. Well, guess what? He's all his men are getting the stuff and he's the last one to pick his food and he's getting the tube steak. Because yeah. he knows that's what a leader does. The you're there to serve your men. You know, like he's there to he, you know he does the tough jobs and all that stuff. Like he's leading the way, do, learning by leading by doing and and everything like that. That's what a real leader does. So, dude, that's great to see that. And at such a young age, you're able to do that. So, let's talk about this. You're so were you you turned 21 in your second tour, right? Yeah, somewhere somewhere in that second tour. Uh, my birthday's in December, so I think we went over during the winter then yeah we went over like beginning of the winter then we were there till the summer so it was like a winter summer end but yeah i was there sometime during my 21st birthday yeah yeah and you were leading a fire team you're a corporal at the age of 21 your second tour in fallujah Mm -hmm. and you were working heavy right what does working heavy mean oh that's what i meant like heavy as in we just had had more guys and you know like a a bigger platoon yeah that's bigger platoon like i said we went first from what i remember my first deployment we went out like bare bones like my second deployment, they seem to like add extra, oh, extra Marines to the platoon just so we had more, more guys to do more work. That's all, that's all I meant by that. Okay. I see. So let's talk about this then. So you're 21, you're in Fallujah. And what would you say like your first tour, 
in between your second tour, was there a lot more IEDs in your second tour? Yeah. So, um, just based off of what was going on in the country at the time, you know, like the Iraqis were, I guess, like on the run, but they're also looking like, I mean, the most advantageous way to hurt somebody is like puts them in the ground. It doesn't cost them anything. It doesn't hurt them. You yeah. know, it's not like they're not like they're gunfighting with somebody. It's not, not very low risk for them. So they started yeah. fucking laying IEDs everywhere. So my second deployment is when we really started to see a lot of that stuff like roadside bombs. If no one knows improvised explosive devices. So Roadside bombs, pretty much. They they fucking line the roads in different places with those fucking things. Yeah, and dude, like, man, that's to me that's terrifying. Like, I know you're in a combat zone, and you know, like, hey, your lives are in danger at all times, and I understand that. But like, these kind of weren't that big of a thing. Like in the first tour, I guess they were kind of there, but in the second, well, tour, in the first was- tour, you're going up against the actual Iraqi military, right? So yeah. that's the thing. Is like, and then you steamroll them, and then after that, it's like, oh well, we just got steamrolled, <laughs> and so and it's like, yeah. all right, I guess we'll just, uh, you know, do the Vietnam thing, and we'll just start uh, putting mines everywhere, and yeah, hope for the best. Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, it went from like the Iraqi army to like uh, Iraqi army gave up very quickly. If you like yeah. look yeah. back at the history at it, and then went from that to like the insurgency. So the insurgency, like a bunch of different people from different places, you know. And then you. It's not even Iraqis it. all the time. It's just people coming no, over from Iran or Syria exactly, or, or throughout yeah, the Muslim yeah. world. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Whoever fucking hates America is like great. Great. This yep. is the place to go. Yeah. So. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah we found so, our. We we have the battlefield, and this is the place. Yeah. Yep. That's pretty much where we metal. Yeah. Man, that's unbelievable. But you're there. So you're in there. You're in Fallujah. So like, like how can you kind of explain a little bit like how the yeah, IEDs... Fallujah, that was the Fallujah was the shit, right? That was the yeah. place. Yeah. 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 But, Fallujah yeah. shit. I mean, a lot of pretty much wherever you were in Iraq is fucking yeah. shitty. But yeah, that was one of the, the major places. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're so you're riding around in Humvees, right? Mm-hmm. And you're doing your thing. And you're like these Humvees, if they get near an IED, it's like, it's bad news. Right. And you're, you know, like people saw Hurt Locker, right. For those of you seen Hurt Locker, that's kind of like what you're dealing with, like those bombs and things like that. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, you're in these Humvees, what the, like, these things are a major threat, right? Like you, oh man, how do you know, like, like, how do you, can you detect them? Like how, like, cause back then you guys are kind of just like, you just saw these. So you kind of still had to develop like the, the workflows to even find these things. Right. Yeah. There's, there's like, um, there's different tactics to like, uh, like I said, kind of find these things. I won't get specifically into the tactics, yeah, but yeah, like yeah. Yeah. the, the one thing that I had to do like is fucking like, it's crazy, but I would memorize like every, like if I go down a fucking particular street, you know, because you work in a, you have an area operation, yep. you work, yeah. you work that area. So like, you remember I got every single point, car. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I got to the point where like fucking, and these, Iraq's not a pretty place. It's fucking yeah. like garbage everywhere or whatever they yeah. have. But you start to pick up things like that fucking, that piece of trash was not there yesterday or that fucking car has been there for two days now. The, you know, it's, it's the car is sagging low right now. So I wonder why the, there may be something in the trunk that's heavy, explosives are fucking heavy or you know like disturbed earth on the side of the road like i go and see something like on the side of the road that looks like someone had maybe dug there the last like 12 hours and that's when you start picking up on those small like minute things you really have to like pretty much you have to absorb your environment and get to know your environment and like small changes like the if you go down to like it's the same in the united states you go to a neighborhood every day and you see fucking kids playing soccer and then you go down that neighborhood a day later and it's fucking like ghost town you're like okay what's something's here 
something's here. Someone's going to fucking shoot at me. There's a fucking bomb, you know, or you notice like people walking on the right side of the road today. They're walking on the left side of the road for some fucking reason. They're avoiding that. So you start to have to pick up on small things like that. And that's how you kind of find these wow. fucking things. Yeah. Wow, dude, that's incredible. So you're like, you know, you're, you're basically like, becoming a police force. Well, well like, in your, much, yeah. But yeah. you're also like the skills you had to develop, like the, you know, the surround, like the, the awareness of your surroundings, the skills you had to develop just to, just to, you know, survive that. That's unbelievable. But the thing is, yeah, it, it, you know, it's like, oh, what, what cars are around, what buildings are around, how are the people acting? Like, are they, are they acting normal? Or are they acting like it's a whole, uh, yeah. Dude, that's yeah. crazy. Thing. That's unbelievable. There's a, my buddy, my buddy, Devin. So like he was with me for, I think pretty much all three deployments and he was my point man a lot. And that motherfucker would be like, some foot tracks over there i think you know what i mean he'd like that guy fucking spot shit like real fucking quick you know what i mean yeah. or like there's a little pile of dirt over there you know i think there's something over there he he was really you know like i, I felt like i was good at it, but that guy was fucking great great guy to have he, on the fucking squad yeah he was like, all of a sudden autism became a weapon you're like i want the guy yeah, to exactly. spot all the weird fucking shit like <laughs> yeah, that guy yeah, yeah. like it's like <laughs> yep. that's unreal wow okay so well i did want to talk about this so Back then, this is 2004, right? So yep. you're in a Humvee back then. And, you know, like we've all seen them pictures of them. But now I wanted to take a look at like the new Humvee. So, Pete, if you could share your screen and yeah. look up the it's an MATV and a, and a JLTV. And we can look at these because I'll tell you what, man, this this hardware, holy shit balls, like. The fact that like you like you like th this is the evolution of it because of like we've been at war and all these things. All right, what am I supposed to be typing? I so got M M it's M A. So it's all one word. So Michael Alpha Tom Victor. Yep, and Army. Do that one. First one. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the new. This is the new kind of thing that they're doing. Ooh. This is the MATV, so the military vehicle, military all tactical vehicle. Nick, is that what it's for? Yeah, so the MATVs uh, were introduced, I think. So they're not super new. The MATVs, probably around 2009, 10 ish. And then the other vehicle we talked about was uh, the JLTV. So the Hummer, the Humvee, that a lot of people are used to seeing that one's, that one's going away. Yeah. For a better, like better, more armored, like durable. Does Schwarzenegger have one yet or no? Oh, bro. he fucking might. I don't know. <laughs> Dude, he had a fleet of Humvees. He had a fleet. Yeah. Of them. yeah. Yep. And then he made them. Uh, then he make them. Uh, what's it called? Uh, electric vehicles too, so he could keep driving them in Cali. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, wow. <laughs> so he has his own like military kind Little of thing. arsenal. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, look at these things. This is badass, man. So nice. yeah, so Nick, but when Nick was compared to the there, Jeep, the original yeah, fucking uh, I mean, U.S. vehicle, yeah, you just passed one compared to the Humvee. Actually, I think you just had it on your screen oh, there. Yeah. Uh, oh, down there. Yeah, 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 yeah. There you wow. go. Wow, so, a little bigger, more armor. I mean, the military is obviously <laughs> continuously making making upgrades, but yeah, Humvee's going away. It's going to be a legacy vehicle. Dude, that's crazy. That's crazy to think, like in our lifetime, like that. You know. Like it's like yeah. those old like uh, those old World War Two you know trucks that you see and things like that you know yep. it is what it is it's just all part of the evolution but yeah mm -hmm. it's crazy to think like Humvees you know but even back then when you were there they weren't like something to sneeze at the Humvee was a good vehicle but in comparison to now there is no comparison you know no, I mean the Humvee was was good for like durability and like you know off roading and stuff like that but it didn't have the armor. And yeah. It yeah, the IUDs. That, that's what is, is that what inspired this, Nick? 
the IUDs. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. The IUDs would just tear up fucking Humvees, you know, and just tear yeah. them up. They they weren't really a match for the IUDs, so that's why. I yeah. mean, the military learns from you know bad things happening, so yep. that's where the yeah. you know. Well, I said like that, I remember that that was the big thing when Gates came over is like he was like, look, like this stuff's going to be in the future, but we need this shit right now. Like that's where oh, we yeah. need to like put our resources in. Mm-hmm. So, yep. So, all right. So let's keep this moving. Thank, uh, Pete, thanks for sharing that. Nick, thanks yeah. for, thanks for, you know, doing that. That is awesome. Giving us an explanation of that. That's really cool stuff. And then I wanted to talk about this. So you finished your second tour. Uh, how long, how long were you back in country after your second tour before you went out on your third tour? Uh, back in us, probably about the same time. Like Seven I knew, months. I knew from, yeah, I knew from my, my second deployment, they're like, Hey boys, like, you're going to be back here in about seven months. <laughs> so I was like, sweet. All right, go home, fucking see the family party, train, yeah. and, you know, get ready to go again. What yeah. a, What kind of, like, the, how long were you staying in Iraq, though? Like, you're seven months home, but what, are you you're a year in Iraq, or how long? Uh, no, we were doing, like, my first one was somewhere around, like, nine months, second one around eight months. So it was, like, nine, eight, oh. yeah, roughly, like, seven, eight months. Oh, wow. But, I mean, yeah. to be fair, like, you, it's not like you're complaining about it. Like, you loved it. Right. Like you kind of like loved it as much as you could kind of, right. Like you like doing that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like you have like, I mean, you can compare it to any job. You have your bad days and you have your, your awesome days. But I mean, like there's shit that I I was able to do like that. I don't think, you know, people would never be able to do in their lifetime. You know I mean? It's, 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 it's it's awesome. You know, it's fun. You know I mean? You take it all in. You're, uh, yeah, I like that. Yeah, it, it, dude, it beats the shit out of, you know, egg and houses over here. Yeah, no, like, <laughs> like, yeah. Well, like, when you look at the, the awesomeness of the U.S. military, like, all the kind of crazy ships yeah. and, like, weapons and everything, it's, like, it's kind of cool when you're, like, oh, I'm on a fucking submarine. Like, I'm in Germany. I'm in South Korea. I'm in Iraq. Like, and then all the kind of crazy shit you get to do with it, it, it it's, yeah. uh, it's definitely an interesting topic. Yeah, I mean, okay. you're fucking like 20 years old, and they're like, "Here's a yeah. fucking like fully automatic <laughs> machine gun." You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, like, here's yeah. a fucking rocket launcher. You know? <laughs> yeah. You're 20. Keep the peace. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. So, all right. Well, this is the top of time here. This is the first part of a two-part series with Master Sergeant Nick Galante, uh, Party Boy Pete. Anything you want to say to the fans before we get out of here? Uh, yeah, don't fuck with Nick if uh, you see him walking down the road and he's listening to his Walkman. Just let him be. Great advice. Great advice. Nick, anything you want to say to the fans before we get back for part two? No, just thanks for uh, having me on the show. Looking forward to the second one. And uh, I know this is going to air, air after, but happy 4th of July to you guys. Yeah, hey, yeah, hey, right back at you, man. Oh, hey. yeah. So uh, this has been part one of the Nick Galante episode. Uh, we'll be airing part two next week. You can follow us on all podcast platforms and YouTube at Working Perspectives Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Working Perspectives Podcast and hang out with us on the Twitter and the TikTok at Working P Pod. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, email us at workingperspectives at gmail.com. All right, stick around the Andrew. Thanks for listening. Bye. Do you have a message or a story inside of you that you've been waiting to tell? Have you always dreamed of writing a book but are intimidated by the complexities of the book publishing world? Perhaps you want to use a book to launch your public speaking or consulting career. If so, please reach out to Scott and Bell Publishing, located right here in beautiful Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Scott and Bell Publishing handle all genres and authors with all experience levels. Scott and Bell Publishing gives authors 100% creative freedom and a higher royalty split. 
They can be found at www.skotbell.com. That's www.s is in Sam, K is in Kite, O is in October, T is in Tom, B is in Boy, E is in Edward, L is in Larry, L is in Larry.com. That's Scott and Bell Publishing, where the authors go. It's our objective to be effective by voice in societies. Working perspective is flowing.